This is Brent Schoonover, and you're listening to the Bad Boys of Podcasting, 11 O'Clock Comics. Nice, strong. There you go. Leading the charge, Mr. David Price. Once enough for a couple of homies today. Have any of you guys seen Pineapple Express? No, not yet. They're making a fucking sequel. They are? Yeah, I saw something on it. When I was looking for the trailer for Anchorman 2, I saw something that said Pineapple Express 2. Oh, I, I saw it because um, iTunes had like one of these. It was like the movie of the week, so you get it for 99 cents. So I'm like, ah, everyone's always talking about how funny this is. And I thought it was stupid. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm shocked. shocked. I'm not surprised. Well, I, find, I find Seth Rogen... I've seen movies where I found him funny before. Right. But uh, this was... Uh, Joe Rogan? No. Oh, Seth Rogen. No. Oh, oh, I like Joe Rogan better. I'm not a fan, really. Joe Rogan? He he's was, the Messiah. He was, he was funny in his radio. No, he's the prophet, not the Messiah. According to Mr. Tom Scholey and, and, yeah, and Mr. No, Casey. I'm not a big fan. I mean... I like him. Yeah, not my thing. He knows his stuff. Not my, not my cuppa. Your cuppa. Your cuppa runneth over. That's for the truth. Yeah, we got lots to talk about tonight. Oh, lots of stuff. I'm loaded. I'm loaded. I wrote more notes for this week. Chris is going to be like, what the I'm hell? I'm down on the, the weight of the books. The weight of the book I read this week. Books is is crushing my knees right now as I wait to, nice. to talk about them. Wow. Look at that. Yep. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued, Jason. Yep, and I read that thing you asked me to read, too. Wasn't it awesome? Yeah, uh, it was cool. I mean... All right, I will talk about that later. Yeah, it was cool. I could talk about that for an hour. Uh, which is shocking to me because there's not much there. Really. There's lots there, brother. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. It's Wednesday. Thank, mm-hmm. thank so- the gods. So- thank Kirby. It's Wednesday. You know it. Hey, everybody. It's 11 o'clock comics, episode 270. Baffling. And I am Vince B. Yes, you are, and I'm Christopher Neesman. Yeah, you are, and I'm David Price. Yes, sir, and I am Tony Soprano. Aww. Oh, but he Jesus. is Tony Soprano now. Nah, I know. God, that's I, really sad. So young, yeah. too. I did, dude, yeah, I, I just know. heard about 51, that. Like, 51, dude. 51. But he was in Italy. He was chilling in Rome. If, if he got to go, that's the place to do it, no, right? now he's chilling in Rome. Oh, that's uh, wrong. I just saw him in Nicky Deuce. Uh, Nickelodeon movie. You know uh, Gibby from iCarly? No. Oh, no, because Jesus. we're grown-ass men, dude. and We, we don't have daughters, yeah. Right. Gibby, that, that kid is funny as hell. Well, he was funnier when he was little, but now he's, like, matured, so a lot of the childness, that the, the childlike antics that made him funny is gone. But he's good, and uh, uh, Tony Soprano was in it. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm presuming everybody that's listening by now will know that we're talking about James Gandolfini passing away. Yeah. yeah. He'll Which always is, be the gay hitman from the Mexican. From, oh, that was such a bad movie. Last. He was, he was, oh, oh, I love that movie. I don't I think it. you I like anything, Jason. And true romance, but yeah. No, you're not, Jason, because you will be with us forever. God no, forbid. I am Jason, actually. Well, yeah. But you are Jason, but you're not Gandolfini. <laughs> no, you must place the comma. So I, no, you're not, comma, Jason. Uh, yes, I should be like Tom and just say the comma. Uh, close parent. comma for your mama. You're Jason Wood, and you know what? You can get your comics damn cheap. Where 
Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Get this, Archie, 1,000 pages of Archie goodness. It's called the Comics Extravaganza, $14.99 cover price. You can get it for $7.49. From Archaea, Archaea, whichever way you want to say it, you're going to get it for a discount. It's the Classic Space 1990. Whoever said it as Archaea. I hear people say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, people in his head. All right, <laughs> from from Archaea because the authorities deem it so. Uh, you said Magneto back in the day. It's the, <laughs> you dick. <laughs> Put a metal dick up here. Oh, yeah, I'm salty now. It's it's classic space 1999 from our you dick from our buddy Andrew E C Gaska with art by Gray Morrow. The cover price is a whopping twenty nine ninety five. It's a big thick book. But you can get it for forty five percent off, sixteen dollar and forty seven cents. And from Titan Comics, it's Jack Katz's First Kingdom, Volume One of Six. It's a hardcover. Cover price is twenty four ninety nine. But you can get it for forty five percent off. That's thirteen dollars and seventy four cents, people. As usual, don't forget, they do not mind late orders and additions. I just did some myself this week. And I want to tell everybody, if I ever make mention of uh, dropping the bongo books again, I want you all to collectively punch me in the face. Because I had to do, I, I missed them, and and I, I I had to go back and jump back they on ship. I know. Uh, previews for a dollar and twelve cents, and if you're a first time customer, you can enter the, the code that David will uh, tell you into the slot and get an extra eight percent off your already massively discounted order. David, what's that code? That code is EOC eight. EOC eight. Remember that to get you an extra eight percent off. Don't go anywhere else. You fools. DCBService.com. And in the interim, when we were having a little bit of technical difficulties, our guest has joined us, thankfully. Uh, we knew this guy back when he was still ghosting for Jim Davis on Garfield. Uh, I mean, he back w- before comics were on your iPad. He used to <laughs> draw them on the back of a metal shovel. That's how they did comics back then. Uh, he was a nobody. You know, quietly toiling in obscurity. Mm-hmm. Now he's Mr. Big Shot with a, with actual talent and skill. Uh, enough to get him work on books like Godzilla for IDW. Wait to meet this guy. I know. He's funny, too. Night of a Thousand Wolves for Dark Horse. Uh, and his turtles. His current gig with Steve Niles on a little book called Breath of Bones, A Tale of the Golem. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Dave Wachter. Hi, What's Dave. up, fellas? Hi, Dave. Hi. It's Long good to have you here. Dave. Seriously. Well, What's aside from on? this week when we've heard him uh, 45 billion times, but that's True. cool. The man's hustling. You, you, can't, hustle. you can't get enough of Dave Wachter. Mm-hmm. The, the Wachter factor. Yeah, it's been a, yeah, it has been a long time. How is, how is everything in, uh, in, in Pittsburgh? What do they call it? The Berg? The, the Pit? Steel City? I heard John Byrne sure. persona non grata in the pit. Uh, yeah, it's going great here. Good. <laughs> Thanks for asking. He's like, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jeebus. Jeebus. Uh, we, don't, well, we don't mind saying Jesus here. Well, Dave uh, has listened to the show. He knows that this is not going to be a... Uh, structured conventional structured interview right so yeah you guys do like a like a 20 minute show right just a quick yeah just quick in and out but quick in and out just like 
Yeah, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> well, this, this one's been very sloppy so far. No, we can uh, um, yeah, jump right in. The, the, the reason that, that Dave is joining us this week, besides the fact that we are old buddies and, and hasn't talked to us in forever, is that he um, uh, is taking advantage of this amazing uh, crowdfunding phenomenon called, uh, called Kickstarter, which you may have heard about, and, uh, and his phenomenal Eisner-nominated webcomic, The Guns of Shadow Valley, is now going to see print and is officially going to see print. You are, are, you, are, are you funded? Uh, well, we've met. We're not officially funded until the end of the campaign, but we well, have but met, met our met initial first, goal. Yeah, yeah, yeah you nice. your initial your initial um, point. So, congratulations! congratulations. It was fast. Yeah. That means I'm gonna. I, all I care about is that I'm gonna get my book. So that's all I care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm, I'm eyeing up those Godzilla pages. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What are you eyeing them up for? My wall. Oh yeah. I need well, something to to fill the got, space next to my Guns of Shadow Valley double page spread well, that I love so one, much. Well, there's one page left, buddy. That's oh Jesus. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be quick. Vince is gonna have to pause the show. Okay. How many did you um, put up? Four. Oh, so there's still other pages. Should I decide to? Uh, not so much. No. <laughs> wow, that sounds I like kept, you better. Uh, break. Yeah, I mean, there there was only like uh, I think six pages in the whole book that had Godzilla in it. Yeah. Know? So. Did you get all the art back from IDW or some? Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah, I don't send. We don't send original art anywhere. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> oh yes, I forgot. <laughs> what decade are you living? We have in? these That's... things called computers now. Yes. Did you, uh, did, you your, did you use your dial-up modem to <laughs> to? Fax those over. Ninety six hundred baby. Sort of like a machine brain, Vince. Imagine it. (laughs) I'm trying. So, 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 Dave, tell us about uh, Guns of Shadow Valley. Um. Well, Guns of Shadow Valley was my web comic that I had up for a couple of years. uh, Co-created along with Jim Clark and and um, co-written with him, and I did the art, and Thomas Maurer did the letters. We um started it. Really, it'll be. I think San Diego will sort of be the five-year anniversary of it. It's been um, that long? Uh, well, yeah. since since we first started, yeah, since uh, oh. Jim and I first decided to start working on it and started uh, started writing it was actually at San Diego 2008. Um, when I when I approached him with the idea and we started spitballing it. Um, I mean, quick. I, I, I remember you yeah. talking about the concept of it. Yeah. Way back, I remember sitting down like over a beer and some pizza or something uh, after after an AC recording. You talking about about your Western idea and yeah, yeah that was it's, it's been a day or two ago. Yeah, Salazar giving me grief over it or something. Usually, <laughs> oh, I can't imagine Brian. <laughs> he would that. give anyone grief. <laughs> oh, oh no, it's so unlike him. Yeah, but um. Yeah. So, do you want the do you want the the elevator pitch of it? Is that what you want? Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, well, very quickly, it's the Magnificent Seven meets the X Men. It's about a, uh, a posse of gunmen, each have a special ability, and they uh, have to go up against uh, an army who, uh, led by a madman, who are going into the mysterious Shadow Valley where no man ever treads. Um, 
and and to uh, discover the secret that's in there, and the sheriff that leads our posse must protect that secret while the army is going in and trying to take it or figure out what it is and whatnot. And there are also uh, uh, legendary, mysterious ghosts that live in the valley, and, and the valley itself is also very strange that they must enter into. And... Uh, so that's it. It's action adventure uh, uh, western with dashes of superpowers, sci-fi, steampunk, uh, the supernatural, mysticism, kung fu. Love all it. That stuff. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So it's a true story. Uh, it's true. <laughs> I did a lot of histor- historical research. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> now, um, Mr. Wachter, mm-hmm. one one of the things that has surprised. Um, did we uh, do the drink roll call already? Not, not no. yet, not yet, oh, but I, I need to know this. Oh, okay. One of the things that has surprised me is how uh, you compound your skill seemingly uh, with, every, with every project you work on. Now, because... I the, confound my skill? You compound your skill. Oh, compound it. Now, because this has been done a couple of years ago, pre- when you were preparing this for your Kickstarter and going over all the stuff... Have you looked at any of it and said, damn, I, I wish I could do that one over again? Or uh, are you touching up anything here and there? Or I is I don't think that way. No? I, no. I mean, there's stuff. I mean, of course, I look at it and I go, yeah, I could draw that better now, but I'm not going to. I'm not, I mean, I'm not going to go back and change anything of it. It's a living... Uh, Time capsule. Yeah, it's a, it's a piece of art that it is has taken years to do, so you see the evolution of... of can uh, you can uh, you do me a, can you do that. me a favor, Dave? Okay. Can you can you call Neil Adams and talk ah, to him? <laughs> nice. At this point, that's not even funny anymore. Um, sure. sure. No, yeah, no, no, I'll not not him. to imply that that it's not good. The work is great, but your your work, uh, like the Breath of Bones covers, it's like did Dave really do those? Those things are awesome. Oh, thank you. That's a compliment. Uh, oh. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I mean that's the way it goes, you know. I mean, it was it was five years ago when I started. So you're, you're, at the beginning is my skill from five years ago. But even the stuff that was online that ended a year and a half ago, right? You can tell a significant difference from from page one to page like one hundred. What I'm saying, you get better all the time. Man. And, and, well, and, and I appreciate you know, how much better you. can well, you get? It, it should happen. We've I mean we've always always talked about you as being one of the hardest working guys in comics, and you've been I mean you've been dedicated to it for a really long time, and and, and but very yeah. dedicated to doing the stuff that. Um, you know that that you're passionate about, and you know I think if you didn't see a significant improvement or not improvements, a, a kind of a, an easy term, um, a significant change to to your art over that time, I, I think that would be a a big warning sign that that you're not as passionate about it anymore. So I it's neat. I I love these these web comics that come to Kickstarter because you you often get to see an evolution of an artist. Which yeah, is, true. And is pretty I'm, cool. I'm wondering if Dave has had any significant changes to his drinking preferences. Ah, thank you for keeping things on track. Yes, um, Mr. Wachter, since you are a guest, why don't you uh, lead us off on this week's drink roll call? All right, just for you guys, I'm drinking in the middle of the week and uh, and two nights in a row. That's so <laughs> I'm having a, uh, a Straub American Lager from uh, St. Mary's, Pennsylvania. It says 1872. It is an honestly fresh American lager brewed by Straub Craftsman in the northern Allegheny Mountains. Wow. 
12 wow. ounces, and it's in a glass bottle. <laughs> it's like he's listened to the show before. It's awesome. <laughs> it has a good nice. mouth feel. Oh, um, <laughs> Vince, should I uh, should I skip over you? Yes. Okay. See, it depends on uh, who on who Dave's been listening to, though. Will determine what he's going to drink. If he listens to half of us, then yeah, he'll probably have a beer. Mm-hmm. If he listens to the other half, then it'll probably be water. Yeah. Oh, have 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 are somebody on the wagon? There. Well, we have a couple fitness um, freaks now, so we'll see. We'll see if uh, if if Mister if Mister Wood is uh, imbuing tonight, Jason. Oh, I'm drinking. All right. Okay. Diet Doctor Pepper. Right down the gut. Curveball. On me. You're killing me. That shit's delicious. What happened to the spirit of the show? Um, David, please save me. I will save you with some Redwood Creek Merlot. There, the Merlot. Yes. Drinking the Merlot. All right. Well, I am drinking um, um, in honor of uh, of our esteemed guest. I figure I would I would drink something from from the far west. And uh, this is from uh, from Bend, Oregon. It is from uh, uh, a. A brewery which has just uh, just recently started distributing in the Chicago area, and it's called Deschutes. It's Deschutes Brewery um, from Bend, Oregon. I'm having their Black Butte Porter, and it is. Uh, I'm a big Porter fan, and uh, it's uh, it's one of the best I've had. It's right up there with the Eugene Porter from Revolution, and uh, and I'll stand by. I think that I think that a, a good Porter is is. A, a good um, early summer drink. A lot of people think that they they look too heavy, but uh, no, a good porter and, uh, on a on a, a summer a summer afternoon or a summer evening, great beer. So the uh, Shoots Brewery's Black Butte Porter, chummy. Cool. Yummy. I picked the perfect theme song for this episode in light of our guest. Oh boy. Yep. Yeah. It's the theme song for a few dollars more. Oh. oh, come on. Nice. Yeah, it's fitting. Got the Western, got the, the conceptual angle. It's all there. Very nice. So, this, so Dave, we, we've, we've heard the, the, the pitch on the pitch on the book and sure. and, and all that. Um, um, people obviously are very uh, familiar with Kickstarter now. It's not it's not a, uh, a brand new thing. How's the um, how's the a your experience with kickstarter been with um helping to fund other other projects and and how's your experience on on the other side as someone that is funding a project how's that going yeah i've been well i've been using kickstarter i guess i don't know a couple years now i've backed about 20 projects um and i've always been uh, um i've been behind it you know uh, a real supporter of it as a concept and as uh execution um you know, uh, and uh, uh, I've gotten some really great stuff uh, from it, and I've gotten a couple of sort of no shows out of it too. I mean, that's just really, yeah, yeah. I mean, it it's uh, or maybe I'm still waiting. I don't know. I, I mean, that's happened out of out of twenty things. Um, uh, but that's uh, you know, Kickstarter is all about you know putting putting your faith in somebody. Um, uh, both in the project and in the creators of it. So, you know, there have been times when I just thought the project was cool and I didn't know anything about the creators, and that usually ends up kind of biting me because I don't, I don't, uh, you know, maybe didn't do my research or whatever. Or sometimes people just flake. But I, I've had a you know great time doing it. And um, as a guy on the other side, 
Uh, well, I'm, so far, I'm all for it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. You know, we uh, it's a whole, whole, whole hell of a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we. It's we, it's funny because we we've had yeah. we've had you and Ryan Brown and and Greg Rucka on. Have we had any other Kickstarter? folks steve, on steve bryant was the f- oh yeah was just getting started yeah yeah absolutely and sean prior and has sean done kickstarters through action done, Lab? done three three of them so okay far. oh my gosh so and yeah, Ryan, um, that was already done mm-hmm. um it, it's everyone that that we've had on to talk about kickstarter stuff that's what they always say is that it it is unbelievable and you wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't have any idea how much work is involved beyond the actual creation of what you're making. It's yeah. the the and especially like whenever it's whenever it's done, whenever it's you know completely funded and, and all that. That's kind of like when the work begins. The fulfillment is you know a, a huge amount of of work. So yeah, it's uh, it, I I respect you guys for doing it because it's a it's a big it's a big uh, chunk to bite off. So. You mean I got to do work when I'm done with this thing? Uh, Apparently, you're supposed to send people books and shut it down. <laughs> shut it down. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I mean we, you know, we researched it for months and months ahead of time, and then, and then for a month before it, I was working full time on it. I mean, I wasn't working anything else. It was my full time job was just trying to get prepared for the Kickstarter and continue doing research and get. All the different quotes and you know, trying to wrangle people and you know all that kind of stuff, which is kind of a you know, I mean, it's it's so many different things you have to do. I'm you know, I'm used to sitting behind my computer or the drawing board and just focusing on the one task that I have ahead and just going one page and then the next page and then the next page, and I don't usually have to think about you know math and. Uh, Asking math stuff, you know, sort of like uh, using a lot of management skills and you know wrangling different people to get you know multiple quotes on different items and figuring out your shipping and your packaging and your fulfillment and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so yeah, it's been a whole hell of a lot of work, and uh, you know everybody was like, ah, oh, you met your goal. We met our goal in about in in three days. We awesome. made, we made twenty four thousand. Uh, I knew it was going to be good when we made the first twenty two percent in like two hours. Yeah, yeah. And then we made two thirds of it within twenty four hours. Um, and now that we've made it, it's just that I mean, there's still you know new new things have to be done. You know, suddenly there's stretch goals that have to be. Uh, uh, considered and and that all has to be arranged and figured. We didn't realize this would happen so fast. So our stretch goals sure. were like, yeah, we'll do this and we'll do that and we'll do this <laughs> and then we'll get some information for it and a little later after we're done with all the stuff that has to be done first and then bam, three days later we're like, okay, Uh-oh. I think we really need to uh, figure out exactly when Let's firm you know. this up. <laughs> yeah, you know it's it's one yeah. of the things that I love about uh, about Kickstarter is that. You know, traditionally with comics, you you go and you you pre-order the comic, you get it, whatever. But with with Kickstarter, it starts to to swell with all of these neat things, and it's you know I know it's a lot of work, but isn't it also a lot of fun to come up with <laughs> T-shirt <Over>. designs and. <laughs> 
posters and the badges and you know the the neat little chotskis that that you get up include with this as stretch goals or or i mean you're doing more than just a book i mean you're creating like it's it's almost like uh you know like a uh, an entire campaign built around the book. I mean, so yeah. you know, as a package, is that is that exciting? I mean, I know it's a lot of work, but isn't it cool creatively to put that whole package together? Oh yeah, it's great. It's uh, yeah, it's awesome. Um, you know, but there's always there's always like you get there's that rush. You have to do it in a hurry, in a way. You know, you have to do it thoroughly, but speedily. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of reminds me of when a buddy of mine and I. Um, uh, uh, started our own business, or and then when my brother and I started our own business, but it reminds me of start, you know, of starting a business, uh, where you have to think about different creative things, like you, you know, your branding, and you, you know, your for a business, you would get your business cards, your you design your website, you would get your suppliers, you would have to, uh, you know, figure out um how much supplies would cost and delivery items would cost and setting up your FedEx account and, and getting your space that, you know, your warehouse and your office space and setting all that up. It's like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I've been in on the, the beginning of, of two different businesses. So that's what, it, when I was doing this, it reminded me of that. It's like, oh, I feel like I'm starting another business here. Um, and it can be, yeah, I mean, doing the stuff like I just made some of the, you know, I was working today on more of the stretch, uh, uh, the, the stretch goals. And, you know, I finished up some yesterday. We did stickers and today I've been working on the design of the bookmarks and, or, or, um, so I get to do something new all the time. It's not boring. I'll tell you that. It doesn't get boring. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it can be very stressful though at the same time. Um, so when did you find the time to do this uh, Breath of Bones thing? I did Breath of Bones. I finished up Breath of Bones a couple of months ago. Oh, it's okay. Oh, good. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was in the can. That's been in the can for a while. And actually, between that and doing the Kickstarter, then I worked for five weeks on the Ninja Turtles gig between Breath of Bones and and this. So. Yeah, I fit it in somewhere. Busy man. Dude. I mean, I started started Breath of Bones. I think around the beginning of December. I think is when I started that, mm-hmm. and uh, and then you know finished it up and went right into the Ninja Turtles one shot, and then finished that up and went right into full time Kickstarter mode of figuring that out that stuff out for the next month. Your machine. Yes. Now, is it is it pretty? It's got to be pretty awesome being that busy with comics all the time now because I, mean, I mean you've you've wanted this for a long time and it's 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 cool it's cool to see that it's happening man yeah well, thank you yeah it is yeah i'm you know i'm very grateful for for all the opportunities i've had especially recently i've had a very busy chunk here of time um which is nice it's also um like I'm not. It's 2013. Is that what it is? <laughs> I mean, it just. Yeah. I mean, I can't even. You know, there's no concept for me for time anymore. I don't know when weekends are and weekdays are. Uh, it's just been because it's been nonstop. I just haven't had a break. You know, I'll leave. Mm-hmm. You know, every once in a while I'll get. I'll take a. You know, I've had to go out of town and visit family or something like that, and that's about all that I've ever taken a break for, uh, in the whole period. 
So it is um, exciting creatively to be able just to be creating more and more work um, without. You still, ha- yeah, you still hitting the uh, the convention circuit pretty hard. Not this year's a little light. Um, I mean, I've done I've only done three conventions, uh, and I, I'm doing I've got two more planned, uh, but not till the end of August and the beginning of September, and that's the only other two I have planned. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I only did, you know, I did two small ones. I did the the Appleseed and the CGS Super Show, and then I just did Heroes Con. So Heroes mm-hmm. Con was my only big one I've done. Then at the end of August, I do one in Morgantown, West Virginia, and then I'm doing um, uh, the new Cincinnati one. And, oh, cool. Yeah. yeah awesome. So I'm going to check that one out. You know, it's my hometown and stuff. And and they did a Kickstarter, and I got in when they were doing their Kickstarter and got myself a table. Did, nice. did, you, did you see who they just announced? Yes. Uh, did I? No, I did Art, not. Art Adams. Yeah. Art Adams. That's right. I did see that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty awesome. Cool. He, never, he, he usually just stays on the West Coast, so that's yeah. pretty cool. He's kind of good. He's, yeah, he's all right. He's yeah. had a moment or two. I've heard of him. <laughs> so that's kind of neat. Maybe you can uh, sidle up next to to Art and and suck some of his power from him. We'll see. I'll just rub his listening <laughs> head. There you go. Well, uh, can I uh, interrupt? Because I got a couple of thank yous I got to get out of the way. Okay. Briefly, um, I was bitching on the Twitter about. Uh, I, I know. Amazing, what? bitching on the Twitter about GameStop, and because I, I, I think their uh, policies regarding used games are ridiculous. They they don't do mail order, so if, if you use, use their search system to find a game you're looking for, and you actually find it, chances are really good it's going to be nowhere in your area. And yet, if you contact the store, they don't do mail order. So you know, long story short, um, Jeff Bouchard sent me a game I've been looking for forever. Wasting a ton of time trying to find this thing. He sent it to me. And uh, do you know who Jeff Bouchard is? He's a reviewer over at Bob Brital's brand spanking new uh, Comic Spectrum site. Oh. Yeah, so you should go there and read his reviews because I told you so, right? So I, I got to thank Jeff for doing that. It saved me a huge boatload of time. What game was it? It's uh, called Sep Saga. It's a Japanese game that takes Magic the Gathering and a board game, mixes them up, and it's a very satisfying um, game. I have the PS2 version of it. No, it's awesome, dude. There's like there's like 600 cards in it, and the strategy is unbelievable. You have to go around the board and you plant things, and and it's it's luck of the deck, luck of the card, but it's also a lot of strategy. It's a really good game, uh, and this is the Xbox 360 version of it. Which you know, if it wasn't this game, I couldn't care less because Xbox and me don't get along. But it's it's uh, originally a PS2 game, so I love it. So and. Anyway. I'm to figure out what I'm gonna do? Uh, have you guys are there any next generation um, consoles you guys are looking at? Sounds like yeah. the, sounds like Sony might have it figured out over over Microsoft. Yeah, there's yeah, there's like... there's no way I'm buying an Xbox One. Ain't happening. Ew. No, they can shove it straight up their asses. Yeah, same here. I, I uh, I've been a loyal Xbox 360 guy for years, but uh, they lost me. I'm going back PS style from 
I was yeah. a big PS2 guy, and they got me back. Now there's rumors going around that they're going to reverse their DRM decision, and yeah. but I, I I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Um, number two, uh, Jonathan D. Gordon, unbelievably, sent me five Wolverine and the X Men collections. Wow! All of them hardcover. Wow! Yes, volumes one to four, and then he sent me the uh, Alpha and Omega miniseries that uh brian wood did yes so i got a lot of uh wolverine and the x-men real books that you can hold in your hand to read i think he wants to have your baby no he said (laughs) he said you know i got a one-year-old getting into my stuff so before these books are eaten or pooped on you know i'll give them to somebody who who can appreciate them and and you know as a thank you for whatever value he finds in my my stupidity he does so he sent me them and I, i gotta thank him that's awesome Awesomeness. So thank you to Jeff and Jonathan. And this Uh-oh. episode of 11 O'Clock Comics is brought to you by GameStop. GameStop. <laughs> oh, I wish. That'd be awesome. That would be so good. Don't you have another thank you? Do I have an, another thank you? Do oh, I? I? I have a thank you, and I'm pretty sure you must have the same thank you because you were asking me if I read it. Well, I was going to work that into my, my, my shtick. Oh, when Jason I... got his copy of Whoology? <laughs> 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 No, well, I mean, I don't want. Let me. I'll just uh, say a, a thank you to a uh, good friend of the show, Mr. Tom Sholey. Yes, who sent uh, a copy of Satan's Soldier to me. Uh, so That's awesome! Right? It, it's amazing. It's so good. Yeah. You want to just talk about it now? Yeah, let's just jump in. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I I've gone through this thing. <laughs> don't feel bad. At, at least three times so far. Uh, I, I I have nothing but admiration and respect for Mr. Sholey and, and the way he makes comics. I just, the, the, there's something about it. Uh, it, it, it reaches out of that page and just grabs me. I, I can't, I can't look away. I'm like Kramer. Um, but Jason, now did you notice anything while you were going through this? It, I noticed lots of things. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know if it was intentional on Mr. Sholey's part. Your pants part. getting tighter. Jason, oh, I can't even wear pants when I read Sholey <laughs> work. But he just shatters convention at every possible turn. It's it it, it it almost as if he made a list of <laughs> of of mainstream superhero genre conventions and said, "I'm gonna break every single one of these things," starting with the front cover. Which is the first panel of the story writ large, right? Mm-hmm. Usually, uh, in, in the, in mainstream superhero comics, your cover, uh, let's just say the genre favors dynamic, bombastic, action, explodo covers that to, to attract potential readers. But Tom's book features a static, motionless shot of the, the title character. Boom! I mean, there, it it is. He's just like floating in 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 nothing, and and that's where the story starts. So so the, okay, that check that off the list. Uh, the genre also tends to shine the spotlight on heroes, right? Uh, Correct. But here, the main character is a very very bad man. Um, he he smashes and drowns his own children. He he picks on the weak, cripples superheroes. Uh, etc a- and then um you you have the famous superman shield which on satan soldier uh is transformed into an inverted pentagram 
<laughs> the, the man is is nasty. Um, uh, I, I love the part at the towards the end of the book where when he's fighting that J. Curl justice hero. <laughs> so, so you have uh, a righteous do-gooder, and he is bland, nondescript. He he's far less interesting visually than than the title character. I mean, there's no flash, no style. His chest, his his symbol is just a sans serif J. Wow, you know, if this is an example of of this world's saviors, then he deserves to die just because of, he's so damn bland. And uh, I, I'm. Tom is so damn smart. I, I um, the 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 style of drawing too, where he he just takes the 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 process of of mainstream superhero comic book creation, where we all know it very well. You get the traditional process. We the penciler does his job. It goes to the inker who embellishes the pencils, and it goes to the colorist. Tom's drawing is is like straight from the id. It, it, it seems like he is drawing in the moment on whatever surface is in front of him, whatever he has in his hand. Like the the line work in this book looks like ballpoint pen to me. There, there's very very little variation. It's in just the, pencil. Pencil. Okay. Yeah. With the you know so li very little variation in the, in the line and the pages. Some of them look like crumbled increased like cast off pages that he pulled off the uh, the the studio floor this this will do fine you know and, and from all of this to me it, it, it comes off as there's this immediacy and energy that that tom generates that you don't get when, when you have you don't usually get when when pages have to pass through multiple hands with this slow, laborious process. You, you know, penciler does his thing and he's crafting and you know, refinement of craft is a beautiful thing. Don't get me wrong, but when when you do it a certain way over the course of a career and 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 you've developed a style, so to speak, that could potentially kill that. Or at least stifle some of that energy, that that creative spark. He just he's getting it down on the paper. Bam! Here you go. Uh, and it's it's all Tom. I mean, the, the, from warts and all. You know, there there's not a lot of eloquence in the drawing, but there's a rawness, there's a realness to it that I, I find extremely compelling. Uh, same with you, Jason. Yeah, I mean, and I Dave? think that uh, one of the things that Tom does here, and for those that don't know, we should mention that uh, this is uh, like much of, well, I guess all of Tom's uh, uh, creator-owned work first appeared as a webcomic on his uh, uh, American Barbarian site, which is uh, ambarb, A-M-B-A-R-B.com. Yes. So this has been coming out for a while, but this is the, I guess, collected version, and it's a mini-comic size. It's uh you know, it's it's staple. I mean, it's it's he, he's you know he's intentionally producing it to be like an old school, you know, uh, like uh, you know mini pamphlet DIY. Um, but yeah, the, one of the other things you mentioned, Vince, in terms of the style is you know he all the letters are just hand scrawled like like just pencil, like yeah. almost like he's just taking notes. Um, Again, in there's the, in the, there's lines the convention. The Boom, shadow. Yeah, um, but I think it's all by design, right? Because we know sure. from Tom's work on Godland and even American Barbarian, he he's he's. You know, typically much tighter here. You know, he's obviously he's he's self-proclaimed, you know, Kirby, you know, homage style. This is you know, this is different. This is very much 
Um, you know, him being, I think, more playful, just with uh, with, and yet, I find an interesting juxtaposition because while the line work is very, you know, almost raw at points, um, the the way he plays with geometry, I think, is very focused. Sure. Um, you know, and uh, and you know, I, I'd love to have him on or have him pop into the forums to to talk about that because it seems like he's definitely trying to say something with that. Um, and I'm not quite sure what he's saying other than I just took, it was hard not to notice it, right? It's like the, the, each page in and of itself, absent the, the line art of the characters, you know, many of them to me almost look like modern art with the way that he uses the solid colors with very little shading and then just different geometric shapes. I mean, it's, you know, they could almost be up in like MoMA, but then like they're overlaid with these really raw, almost, you know, at some points childlike, uh, you know, ultra violent images, um, yep. and uh, it's well, just a fascinating, you know, delving into his sort of what makes what makes Tom tick, what gets him excited right, about. Right. Well, the the, the, you, you're talking about the colors. the The yeah. entire story is shot through this evil magenta lens. Mm-hmm. All mm-hmm. all of the colors are unified because there's a magenta tint overlaid on everything, and and it and it it generates this this otherworldly like um, like realist? a like a Mario Bava film if you've seen. Mario Bava movies. He the, he he tends to color code certain scenes depending on the mood. Well, the, this entire book is is magenta. It's it's evil and nasty, and it's 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 like a combination of my two favorite flavors. Yeah, and you said it was like something. I think you just mentioned that it, it's like you know a look at the id. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really is like there's one page that really struck me. Um, uh, he's battling the the hero. He's battling the hero. They're going back and forth, and then. Like the next panel is just randomly one of the like paramilitary army guys. Yeah, yeah. It's the first page, and you know it's just there's no reason in the narrative of the story for that panel to exist there because he's not involved in the battle, and it's just and the guy looks like uh, like he's a straight up you know Hasbro GI Joe action figure, right? Mm-hmm. He's he's got the visor and the and the gear. In the one hand, he's got the giant oversized gun. The other hand, he's got a samurai sword. And it's just drawn again in a way that, like, you know, I think many of us probably drew a character like this many times over when we were younger getting into the to the hobby. We were like, oh, it would be cool to have this, you know, when you're trying to think of your own characters. Right. Um, but if Tom just, didn't have the knowledge and the experience, I mean, if he didn't put in the hours doing the comics that he's done, he wouldn't be able to pull this off. No, I Because, agree. I mean, you, you can try and draw on a childlike um yeah, neo-primitive way is a bullshit word uh, or, or term, but uh, and you're, it's just going to look like scribbles, yeah. Because he has he has the, the 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 knowledge to know what he's you know he knows what he's doing, and he knows why he's doing it, so it works. I got to say the the one thing that that struck me is, and I don't know if this was intentional, but in the final pages, you know, you've got uh, Satan Soldier, you know, flying in a very traditional Superman pose. Which, to your point, is very much different. The last page, the second last page of him flying like that, is very much in direct contrast to the opening front cover, which, as you noticed, was. But then the last, the last image is the hero character, who's another Superman analog, um, sitting basically like in like almost like in a vegetative state in a wheelchair. And I have to say, and I don't know if just this is me reading into this, but you know, Tom is uh, culturally a child of the same generation that we are. Doesn't that look like it's like supposed to be Christopher Reeve? Like, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. like which is really bizarre. Like, I, like it's, it's un- unsettling, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. Because it's you know Christopher Reeve, aka Superman, who you know was obviously paralyzed, and it's like it's 
it's basically him drawing that image, which is str- offset, off-putting. Yeah, yeah. And what does it say underneath Satan's soldier on the on the second to last page? Amen. It says amen. Yeah. There's your counterpoint right there. Yeah. Uh, and and I love the fact that Justice Guy has a J curl. His his spit curl is a J, and Satan Soldier has two S's. He's got two spit curls, and they're both S's. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but oh, man, Tom, I, I wish I can crawl into that 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 head of yours for a little while. Um, obviously, there's a lot of Kirby. I've in. almost been there. Really? I, I wish I were you. you I was going to say, a, should yeah. we talk about Supermag and just make this an all Pittsburgh show? If you're in a car long enough with Tom, you start to get, you start oh, to get a lot of it. I would, I would kill. There's a, there's a, a ton of, of that, that blistering energy and dynamism of Kirby in this thing. But also there's that do-it-yourself, fuck-you-ready, down-and-dirty, um, Heta Uma aesthetic of Gary Panther. It's there. The the uh, the rumple foreskin. He just scrawled that. You know, it, 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 you can even tell that it wasn't completely planned because some of the letters towards it, he was running out of room, and he he had to squish the letters together to make them fit in the panel. That's awesome. I love that. That that is so immediate and so raw and and now that it's just it's very refreshing to see something like this and and um i i love every page of it yeah tom's a real student of the form you know and i'm just of everything about comics so he's just been it, all that stuff is running in his head constantly every single superhero trope or anything that he's he's doing in there he he almost probably doesn't even have to like i don't know how consciously he has to think about it because he's sort of always thinking about it um and one of the the you know even structurally this is this is taking apart comics um, because it ta- it's so much about pacing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not all. It's in in several ways. It's it's pacing. Um, he told me once, I, I'm trying to make comics. I'm trying to make them. I'm trying to take the time that it takes to make them and the time it takes to read them be as close as possible. So. <laughs> I admire wow. that. I admire that. And, and, and then, and then, when you, when you, when you, the way it is, I mean, your eye does not need to dwell. I mean, it's no. shock, shocking your eye. Yep. And uh, and it, it and it moves quickly. So you're in the middle of a, a battle between the Justice guy and Satan Soldier, or whatever. I can't remember what Justice guy's name is. I think Justice. Uh, just Justice. Yeah. yeah. Or just ice, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean it's fast paced because you're not dwelling on it. It, it. There's not all this detail and and crazy, uh, you know, bunch of buildings and all this kind of stuff that holds your eye there, because the fight is happening. Bam, 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 bam. It might even be happening in super fast time because these are super fast guys. So he's his style and his speed and and also the layout just makes you go. Panel, 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 image, 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 yep. image, image, and it's flashing, and he's off, which works into if you've seen some of the 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 animated gifs he's been doing. So he's practically trying to get you to make an animated gif while you're reading page to page to page with the. If you've seen his animated gifs on his sites or that he's posted on Facebook, it's just it's the 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 colors are flashing in the background, and he's just got like four drawings that are running in sequence, and it turns into an animation, but it's flashing at you in this mm-hmm. kind of. Uh, uh, psychotic, surreal kind of way, and if you look at the panels fast enough, you're going from crazy green background to crazy yellow background, and you're just almost just getting the these outlines of these figures and the blood splatter, or the or all the crazy babies, and and 
Um, it's almost <laughs> like Crazy he's penis. trying. Yeah, he's Crazy trying penis. to. Yeah, his offspring. Woo! But he's. It's like he's trying to uh, get your reading experience to simulate that. That animated gif or is it called a gif now i don't even know yeah <laughs> but uh it's like he's trying to get your your experience he's try- he's manipulating your experience in that way god i love him even more um and i'm glad you mentioned that uh panel with the buildings when the when the, the babies are flying over and the the, the rays are shooting out of their eyes and they're just blowing the shit out of the the buildings um i i saw that panel and it just it makes me it made me go back to that same old chestnut that i pull out all the time what is the difference between a realistically rendered uh disgustingly detailed drawing of a building or what we have here that tom has drawn which are just you know uh contour lines very quickly drop down and it it's a, actually a symbol of a building it's not it's not really a draw it is a drawing of a building but it's more symbol than drawing what's the difference between those two absolutely nothing you can spend three hours rendering a building, and it's going to impart the same idea of a building in the reader. So Tom is just cutting out the, 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 the fat and, and propelling the story with this panel that does the same thing as if he drew it. It took four, if it, he took four hours to draw the panel, or whether it took 30 seconds or, or uh, you know, three minutes. It does the same thing, right? As a guy who spends a lot of time on his drawing, I got to tell you, sometimes that's depressing. <laughs> well, I'm, well, I'm not. You, you can uh, generate admiration in the viewer by, you know, doing this uh, spectacular drawing, and that's great if, if that's what you're shooting for, which is not what Tom is shooting for. Well, it's here. all depend. It's all dependent on the, what's what's serving your story the best. Right, so, but in the mind, yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is, in the mind of the viewer. The person on the other end of this this work sees this panel and it says building to him. It says the same thing as the realistic drawing. Now, depending on what you're going for, if if you're Art Adams, you want the reader to say, that is a damn good building. There's a lot of work put into that building and I admire that. Uh, That's not what Tom wanted based on what you have said and what I kind of gleaned from the book. he, He wants you to experience the story and building drawn two ways is still building yeah agreed yeah yeah it's awesome stuff it really is so thanks to uh thanks to tom for sending the hardcover copy and all you fools who don't have a hardcover copy and you haven't been to the website go to the website and read it it's free you said hardcover copy not hardcover sorry i mean oh it's like well you got hard wait yeah Yeah, hard copy thank you yeah you got to get one they're available on his site and I, you would, it seems like Tom is very quickly adopting that, that, that picture box color sense where, you know how they revel in the kitschy, um, surfs up kind of day glow, uh, sear your eyeballs color schemes. Like the, the, the more lowbrow, the better with, with the picture box guys. It seems Tom is, is slowly moving into that, which I love because, you know, that, that's a, uh, a powerful look on, onto itself, and why I, I would think Picture Box would be scooping this. This is perfect for their the, the stuff they publish. I agree. Yeah. You listen, Picture Box. <laughs> Who understands the minds of publishers? I don't know. Not don't me, know. man. Speaking of publishers, <laughs> we gotta give a little rest in peace for the yeah. recently departed Kim Thompson. 
no doubt. Yeah. That was a, a real surprise. I didn't even know he was sick. I was going to say, not really a surprise, right? He's had lung cancer, but... Yeah. I, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bummer, man. It, it, an amazingly influential man who has like a, a a list of accomplishments that seemingly endless. I mean, the guy was into everything with spearheading fanographics and and uh, you know I read the 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 bio. Uh, he dumped uh, his uh, own money into fanographics at a point where they were seemingly ready to go out of business, and and he well, inf- infused the company with his own uh, inheritance just to keep them afloat. Damn. Guy loved comics, and, and yeah. we owe him a, a huge debt. Yeah. Yep. So what else do we have, gentlemen? We haven't heard from our fine-feathered friends yet. Well, what do you guys got? I got something. Yeah, well, Go for you, it. Bring it, brother. Um, you, remember when DC, you remember when DC used to do cool stuff? No. No, uh, I do, yeah. I can't I even remember. Or New 52. No, I read some good DC this week. Um... Vertigo there, or DC? DC. Wow. DC. Um, there was there was a, a time not too long ago that uh, that DC would would push the envelope of uh, of stuff. You know, they it, it was kind of the nice nice thing about them being number two is that they uh, they took chances on stuff. And you guys remember Wednesday Comics and uh, Atari uh, Force. <laughs> well, before before uh, Wednesday Comics, there was a uh, a series of one shots that came out that uh, basically um, dared know, and begged some of the best talents in the industry to uh, to uh, borrow the keys to some of DC's uh, properties and uh, drive them around the block and do some new, fun, and and different things, and uh, and that. Uh, uh, that series has been collected in a beautiful uh, deluxe hard uh, cover, oh, and I, uh, I am talking about the uh, the really amazing um, experimental series Solo. Yes. yes, yes, sir. I wanted to talk about this too. You the man. It is such a nice collection. Yes, it's it's it's, 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 it's not it's not oversized, but it's I mean it's it's the whole thing. So it's it is a it is a healthy um book it's is it 12 of them is it 12 issues is there even that many oh, i don't know last that long it um it's it's a i just say that because it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty healthy sized book um the list the book, of the book is almost 600 pages so yeah okay. yeah and it's uh some unpublished stuff in there then um no it's um no it's it's just all of the all of the solos um um some of the uh, uh, some of the the writers um, are Brian Azzarillo, Neil Gaiman, Jeff Loeb, Chuck Dixon, um, Stephen Siegel, John Arcudi, Diana Schultz, Mark Evanier, uh, Andrew Helfer, Joe Kelly, Robbie Morrison, and others. And uh, and then you've got some some pretty uh, pretty decent artists like uh, Tim Sale, Richard Corbin, Paul Pope. Howard Chaikin, Darwin Cook, Julie yes. Bernay, Mike Allred. There we go. Uh, Scott Hampton, uh, Damian Scott, Sergio Ergonis, uh, Brendan McCarthy, and uh, Teddy um, Christanis. Cr- Wait, how do you say that? <laughs> Christanis? How do you say it, Vince? You know. You're what? asking me how to pronounce something? <laughs> Come on. Christensen? Christensen? Christensen. Christensen. Oh, it is Christensen. That's yeah. a fucked up way to spell Christensen, isn't it? 
Um, so anyway, Solo was uh, was uh, a fantastic, a fantastic series. Uh, you had all these awesome creators that that got together. It has a very much uh, an anthology feel, all with DC properties. And so, if you want to see um, you know, some of my favorite Tim Sale work, honestly, oh yeah, uh, it is it is Tim Sale absolutely unchained and doing um, the the date night. Um, story, which was reprinted in, um, was it Batman Ego, uh, a few years ago, um, is one of my, is one of my favorite little Batman Catwoman stories. It is so, so good and so beautiful. Um, but everyone you could tell, um, took this project very seriously. The Paul Pope stuff is unbelievably beautiful. Um, you know, it, it's, it's good shaken. Um, the Jordan it is good shaking. <laughs> it is good shaking. The, the, the very guy who gets pissed off the most when we say I that. I was going to say, it. yeah. But, yeah, but I know the difference. Oh, so, so it does exist. Good shaking exists, no, absolutely. No, I, I know good shaking exists. Yeah, yeah, and, and this is good shaking. Richard Corbin. It's, yeah, yeah. Richard, that's uh, my favorite Jordan, one, Corbin. Man, yeah. Richard Corbin. The Jordy Bernay stuff is so gorgeous. That guy's awesome. Yeah. It is. It is so so cool. So black and white, you know, gangster looking stuff. It was ah uh, yeah. And the and then the the guy that the um, that I think we're all kind of fond of, Darwin Cook, is is just a beast in this. And it's just all of these great. If you like anthologies, if you you love um, reading stuff by the top talent in the industry, and why wouldn't you? Um, you you really should get this hardcover collection. Oh, no I, question. I, did that series get enough trumpeting when it came out? Were people talking about Solo as much as it should have been talked about? I don't, re- I don't remember. They were, but I don't think it was a huge seller. It wasn't, it wasn't. a huge seller at yeah. all. Well, I mean, one thing that, that I think is important to mention is that, uh, I mean, really, if we're going to give credit about the series existing and, and the, the creative force behind Trill- it, it's Mark, it's Mark Cirillo. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who's the, still to this day the, uh, the the vice president of art and design at DC. And this was really his love letter to some of his favorite artists. And oh, yeah. for those who don't remember, Solo referred to the fact that each of these anthologies issues was devoted to the vision of one particular artist right and they had their name up in lights in each issue and so and that's how this book is paul pope it was the the darwin cook issue and howard chaykin so it's like if you wanted a a comic of short stories that chaykin did with dc characters man it was it was awesome i mean vince the omac the the paul pope omac dude oh oh (laughs) yeah it's it's stupidly great it's great stuff it's stupid Uh, I mean, Paul Pope's Joker is probably the evilest looking Joker I've ever seen. Um, you know, I mean, the Corbin stuff is just awesome. I mean, every, it's just awesome. The whole thing's awesome. And I didn't read this when it was coming out because I wasn't a DC dude back then. So, uh, this is, I mean, this, this takes my, my 11 o'clock anthology, you know, for this year and runs away with it. Uh, I I don't see how anything else is going to compete against it. I never thought I'd see the day that they'd release this because I know. Yeah. Oh, God, it's been, it's been solicited. Fucking forever! I've been waiting for this thing to come yeah. out. Yeah, it's, Amazon had it listed. 
It was last year. But it was one of those things where whenever anybody says, okay, what do you wish they would collect? Someone right. always say solo. Mm-hmm. Right, yep. right. Yep. And there, there are a ton of people out there that have taken it upon themselves to uh, just to have it bound, collect the issues and, and have it. Because, you know, DC doing something that you know, the fans want, if it's not going to generate a, a certain amount of money, it's not going to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I can't, I mean, word of mouth is probably going to be really good on this collection, so it'll, it'll they'll make their money back I'm sure, but I certainly hope so. Yeah, it deserves it. It's uh, that, and I think uh, I think um, some of the uh, some of the artists are are probably held in even you know higher esteem than they were when this came out. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, I'll tell you what, that Brendan McCarthy Flash is crazy, dude. I mean, mm-hmm. talk about psychedelic. I mean, that's wow. You, you can definitely see that. Without Solo, we probably wouldn't have gotten Wednesday mm-hmm. Comics. It, right. Yeah, with, yeah, that's the other yeah. Shrello. Yeah, when, when Wednesday Comics seems to seems to have been like the natural progression. It's like, what are we going to do next? And um, it's there. You could tell that they're both, you know, coming from the the same, you know, the the same passion point. So, well, I give DC a ton of credit for this, and. Uh, like you said, this is uh, you know this is a nice form factor, one that they haven't done really before. You know, it's not it's not oversized like an absolute, and it's not it's not like the the omnibus which are you know have great content, particularly you know the Kirby stuff, but but it's printed on very inexpensive or cheap feeling paper. I mean, this is much more in the line of something that you know not to compare the two that you know, but Marvel's been doing for a long and, time. And I'll take I'll take and I I want to sidetrack here for a second. Some people have. A problem with the with the Kirby omnibus paper. I think it's perfect. It's yeah. actually really nice paper. Love they're it. trying. They're trying to. They're trying to recreate the feeling of the newsprint of of those stories. But the actual paper it's printed on is really nice. It's a nice bright white sheet. It's just not. It's not the over calendared glossy paper. So the paper that the that the Kirby omnibus are printed on is actually really nice paper. Yeah, it holds the ink really well, and you don't get that damn glare. It looks more like the original comics, yeah. except better. It's right. it's it. They look how you remember them, not how they actually were. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I don't like <laughs> the color. <laughs> you don't like the color. You, you're you're yeah. You're they, black. The, no, no, I don't like. I think you know, like they need to tone it down. Tone, you know. You it's mean all the old. They saw the old colors for the new paper, uh-huh. so it doesn't it doesn't react in the same way. Uh, that it used to. So now all the colors look very bright. Yes. Like too I bright. said, it's like well, in my, in my opinion, it's, just, it's I, ugly, I, ugly to me. Yeah. Wow. I, I think, I think it, it kind of like I said, I, I think that they're trying to make it appear how you remember it, not how it was. So it's actually, it's, you look at those side by side with the original printing. The original printing of those comics was, was fucking garbage. I mean, it was the, the, it was, yeah, it, it looks was, awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it was it was I mean, terrible because was terrible I mean their colors were they were they were saturating the colors because they knew when it printed it wasn't going to be nearly as bright. Right, right. Then right. when it prints on bright white nice paper, it's like Jesus. This looks terrible. <laughs> it's Technicolor. I mean, Commandy is it's vivid. Yeah, uh, I I love flat color. Screaming. I love I love flat color. I just wish it was toned down. I yeah, just wish it, yeah. it was down. flattened out even more. You know, it was actually the the tone was actually sort of more flattened out instead of being so eye popping. You know, it's just you know, that's I can, me. 
you have a valid point. I, I, I love them. I, I think they're great. I'm with you, Christopher, for once. Well, I am so giddy, Chris, because we did not talk at all about the, this book, but this is one of the two things I really wanted to talk about this week. So, yeah, it, it's it's Yay. it's a perfect collection, and it's really it's really really reasonably priced too. I mean, I thirty nine. What's that? Thirty nine. It is. Why? Is it it is. I guess I paid through DCBS, but uh, it's uh, fifty forty nine ninety. Oh, it's forty nine. That's still a value. Fifty bucks. No, it yeah. is. I mean, I'm you can get you can get it for thirty you know thirty bucks basically and from bunches of different venues so i don't think those were standard 299 issues i think they were weren't they 499 when they came out well they had been because i mean again there's there's yeah. almost 600 pages of content here it was like so. cardstock cover and it was it was it was a nice it wasn't square bond or anything but it, it, was, it was a nice pages. i think it was ad free but yeah it was a nice book nice a nice, a nice monthly, so, monthly yeah. book yeah and and there's not i mean every image in this book is is ridiculous I mean, it's like, man, I mean, this is definitely in, in support of the art. I mean, there's a lot of the stories are fun, but it, I, I mean, I have to say it's not, to, you know, this is a, this is a, a, a book that shines because of, it's just an artistic display of mastery page after page, you know. I think what Jason's trying to say is all killer, no filler. Word. Is, there you go. Killer. It is killer. And you sure. get a nice uh, all red Batusi. Yes. <laughs> yes. The cover's awesome. Yeah. Well, he's awesome. Yeah. No diggity. There you we go. haven't heard from, from David A. Price yet. Not did you, too much. Did you read anything, David? Uh, I, I did read a little bit. I did not get to read everything that I had on my pile because on um, on Sunday I took a trip upstate to uh, to the Albany Comic Con. Which, oh, which cool. Is, which is a little... Um, one day show at the Albany Holiday Inn, which is basically down the street from the airport, um, and it is it, it's it's about it's very similar to like the kind of um, like baseball card shops, the uh, con shows that you'd go to, like you know at the strip mall or something. Just everybody there with there. Whereas there was some some dealers had some really good deals on things. There were a lot of um, like the oversized uh, Marvel books, or even like the the Jason Aaron Wolverine on the bus for like thirty five bucks. Um, sales like that, and then you go down to the other room, and there's a dude trying to sell it for fifty. But um, f him. I know. I went up to. Uh, I basically I, I left the house Sunday morning, drove up to see our pal Steve Raker. Uh, met him at his house, and uh, then we went over to the con. And my whole idea was just to hang out. In wasn't really artist alley. It was more like artists round table kind of thing. It's it's it was. Just, Small section on the con, but you had folks there like uh, Rick Leonardi, Herb Trimpey, Mark McKenna, uh, Ron Mars, Joe Jesco, um, J.M. DeMatteis. It, it was it was a really nice collection, and I ended up with um, with a Cyclops by Fred Hembeck. Oh, that's Sweet. cool! <laughs> it is pretty cool looking, um, and uh, and and. Uh, David Tays drew a uh, funky-looking Batman in my sketchbook, uh, and and he and I were talking about a couple things. One of which uh, he kind of bummed me out, broke my heart by by letting me know that uh, there will be no return for the uh, for the Thundercats cartoon. Oh. Uh, I know. Now, I'm not surprised. I guess I am not either. But I'm bummed. That was an awesome, awesome. He book. he he. You know, he reiterated that it's all about toy sales, and Ugh. there weren't any. So. Um, 
There was no. You, you can watch the reruns on Adult Swim. For that's, those. that's because they were ridiculously priced. All toys are these days, dude. Yeah, that's yeah. true. But they didn't. Unlike unlike Ben Ten or or Generator X or or the Turtles, there aren't a lot of different or even. I mean, y- you go down the aisle and you see like toys for the action figures for Dark Knight Rises, and it's like I don't remember him wearing that costume in the movie. And but the Thundercats really didn't introduce anything. It's not like Lionel had different outfits. I mean, they they met different characters on this world, but there weren't a lot. There wasn't much to grow the toy line, I guess. And and like Vince said, the sure price had something to do with it. But um, talked to him for a little bit. Talked to um, Ron Mars, who uh, I I told him that I I would be checking out the Velocity miniseries he did with um, with Roquefort. Uh, I I did let him know. Um, when I stopped reading Green Lantern, but the uh, <laughs> we it, it, apparently and and I did not know this. He um, he was in the city that day. It was a Friday. He was in the city. He was he was doing some work for Marvel. He got home and DC called him, and and they kind of buried the lead a little bit because they were like, "Hey, do you want to take over? Do you want to write a Green Lantern?" And he's like, "Oh hell yeah!" He's like, "Great, this is what we're going to do." And he wasn't going to be writing Hal. He was going to be given a new character, and and he was just like, oh, well, okay, that's cool. And and so he he still took the ball and and ran with it. But um, and I I I know that there there are a lot of Kyle fans out there, and and uh, and Ron's a big part of why they're Kyle fans, or why they're why like with with Steve, he um he wasn't a big DC reader at the time, and and because Kyle was new. A new character, new to the universe. Uh, it was it was Steve's introduction. That was Steve's gateway. So he was able to basically be introduced to these characters through this other new character. And and so we talked about that for a little bit. Um, talked to uh, Joe Sinat, and and he had pages of the Sunday Spider-Man strip for nice. uh, sale. Nice. Look gorgeous. He's inking. Alex Savick on on the Sunday strips. Um, and I asked him about the breakdown because he there weren't. There were a couple consecutive um, strips, but then you know they would jump around a little bit. And basically, the breakdown is: um, Alex gets two consecutive strips, then then Joe, and then Stan gets one. And then so so that's the way they break it down. So I mean, you may you may get a strip. Alex may get a strip with you know that that has a big Spidey fight scene, but then the next week it, it's basically you know Pete and and Aunt May, and then. Joe ends up with with some good strips, or it's just however it it breaks down with however it's written. Uh, yeah, because Stan, Stan yeah. really needs that that little incremental revenue. Exactly, you know, it, it's kind of uh, like it's it's like you know he kind of wrote, it. and even Joe's like, I don't know why he would get one, but uh, and and he he also said that um, back in the day, uh, for example, when when uh, John Mishima would would come into the office to pick up his art. He would take the first ten pages, regardless of of whether it was you know, whether it was just characters doing whatever, or or if it was a big fight scene with Conan, or it didn't matter. If there was, um, didn't matter what was on those pages, he would take those ten and then leave the rest, and and that was just the way it broke down. And then Joe was also explaining how some of the artists would have their agents or their reps come in and try to pick out 
the the better pages as uh, throughout the issue and um, and leave the scraps for everybody else. But there were some artists who who respected the fact that you know it's a team effort and there are other people involved in making this. So I'm going to give everybody a um, a fair chance because even if even if John's taking ten, there's still a, a, a nine, ten, eleven pages to for for the anchor and and uh, and so it it was nice hearing little stories like that from from back in the day, especially when there aren't as many um, as more art is being done digitally. But uh, walked around there for a little bit, and um, and I was I was home while it was still still daylight. It is a very small um, gathering, but the, they they take care the the organizers take care of the guests, take care of the exhibitors. They um, we would while we were there, they were passing around. Um, pizza boxes because they, they bought lunch for everybody nice. and, they, and yeah and then at the end of the day they uh they take the guests out for dinner um and mark mckenna was talking about how he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it to dinner it was father's day sunday this year and and um and and his wife was only in town for a couple of weeks before she has to fly back out to ohio so he was you know wrestling with that dilemma um little bum that marvel is n- didn't approach uh, Rick Leonardi, who designed the Spidey twenty ninety nine costume, to to not even maybe do a variant or or a pinup in um, in the upcoming storyline. But he was talking about that for a little bit. Well, that's a fine. How do you do? I know, I know. It, it, it did hurt a little bit. Um, but uh, and and I was watching Steve talk to uh, Herb Trimpey about some things. I, I I forgot to bring up my um, the, the the book he wrote. The, the the prayers and the angels. I was going to have him sign that, but um, you got me the, I, uh, the you got me a Trimpy Wolverine commission, right? Yeah, yeah, well, <laughs> and, and his and his new look from the uh, from when when he was aping Liefeld. Yeah, okay, uh, cool. oh that's yeah. raw, not a problem, not a problem. The um, but uh, and I should have brought up my um, my 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 Hembeck everything essential omnibus archives and and have him sign that. But you need uh, a wheelbarrow. I know. I really didn't feel like lugging too much around, but it was as as a really nice little little event. I mean, for for the two hour ride it takes me to get up there, I I definitely go back again. Um, it was great seeing Steve. I haven't seen him since. Uh, well, I don't think since since New York. Um, How's he doing? Last, he's he's good. He um he's waiting it out. Basically, the uh, the the tumor is is messing with with this one nerve and and. Uh, the doctor thinks that if if um, if he waits until uh, the end of the summer, nature will take its course and everything will work itself out. If it doesn't, then they can go in with the um, with the radiation and and take care of it. So 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 by the fall, I would think before Thanksgiving, Steve will be back to normal. Whether it's just sooner or later, but by then everything should be fine. But um, and I and, and I met his boys and his wife, and um, he he wanted to uh, point out that. When we were all talking about the artist editions and running down who the different creators that have done that have had their works collected in this format, um, he remembers. Although I don't really think it happened the way so many people recall, but uh, he he wanted to emphasize that when when we say, "Oh my God, why would Sergio of all people get an artist edition?" I'm paraphrasing, uh, you know, and he, he we never said that. I know we didn't. I mean, we as as and and yeah, clearing his throat. Uh, I think Vince and I might have. Well, no, no, no. But you guys weren't alone. And I'm just, I'm right. like, yes. I mean, as far as 
when I look at the two that I have, I'm good. And and I, I he, he's and and it's the Sergio the group book is absolutely gorgeous. And yes, and I know that when you when you look at the double page spreads and and you see people working on the pyramids in the back and and he's showing me you know the the detail in the characters and when and in the epic books it was like one monotone color for backgrounds and and some things could be lost because of course Sergio's a beast and and he's going to draw everything and and that would look great in an artist edition but again when i think of the artist editions that are out um Sergio is not the one that 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 jumps out to me and it's not to slight him his talent his, right. his work and and but in any case um i also mentioned how i i i still can't as great as it is that we're getting a john byrne fantastic forest edition it's still it as i've as i see more and read more about it i'm i'm glad that i'm good with my two it, there really isn't anything about the burn one that that makes me regret that that I didn't order it, that I'm not getting it. it it's I'm not really feeling the um, the way it the, the table of contents looks and and the chapter breaks. I'm not it, the the last issue is is a what if, and it's a great what if because it's it's what if the Fantastic Four never got their powers, but it's not a Fantastic Four issue. So there are little things here and there that you know for 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 your John Byrne fans, it's going to be perfect. I'm, I'm 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 glad it's out there for you. But it was all in all, it was it was an awesome day. I, I really had a blast. Uh, Steve was a, was an awesome host, and um, and it was really cool just just kind of chit chatting with everybody. And most people are are um, either local to the area or or in between me and mm-hmm. and Albany. So I mean, it's it's it seems to be a um, a good group of creators who who always get together every year to. Um, to attend this thing and it tends to grow a little bit and the um the exhibitors as far as the local comic shops and things like that there were some it, it was it was eclectic you didn't have you know it wasn't just big two guys or or someone selling his his overstock of of marvel collections it was it was a really it, it was a better sampling of of what we see at um at the conventions we tend to go to, but that that was a uh, that was a very fun day. So that is why I haven't been able to read as much as I wanted to this week. Well, that sounds awesome, though. How many like would you? I mean, how many people would you say were there? Like a couple thousand or? Uh, uh there, there were there were a couple hundred easy because we mm-hmm. there, there was a nice line. So. It was it, well, no, no, yeah, but I mean, again, it, it's it's at the little holiday and it's a one day thing and but it was there was a night it was a longer line than when we had to get into wild pig jason okay um it went it went outside it wasn't raining at least at, at that point but it was um there, there were definitely i don't know if i'd say a couple thousand there there, there were a couple hundred okay yeah there were definitely a few hundred it wasn't um because it was you could walk around but the, the, it's the way it's set up, the, there were still people. You know, you, you had to kind of squeeze through. You know, the the fat Boba Fett and and the dude dressed up like X twenty three. So it was just is. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that. Yeah, you would have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have. Uh, it, it was a really nice turnout. It's only five bucks to get in. If if you're up there, definitely go for it. There was um, Can't they have and yeah, I'm serious. And it was it was they have a little um. It's it's broken up into a couple in, into a different room. There's like a little um, where they would have their uh, like banquets. They you, you walk 
outside and and it's where the main area is it, it's got the natural light because of the skylight and, and in the background is the pool so you really weren't hit with so much chlorine uh in the air but um but you would definitely hear people having a blast in in the back where the pool is and then mm-hmm. uh you walk into the second room and that's where it was a little stuffier you had a few other people you had ken branch there you had um you had a few artists along the wall uh and then you had some other dealers and that was where the more um the more pricier dealers were. You had some chick selling um, earrings made out of old, you know, pages of comic books and things like that. It was where, like, the, the, the people who just are a little... It's like the, the, the busted Etsy shops is, is where that little area was. <laughs> nice. um, You're funny. I try. But it was, it was, it was really... It was, it was fun. It was a good time. Did you guys get some good vittles? I, uh... No, no, we, um... I didn't even, uh... I, I drove Steve back home, dropped him off, and then, um... And then I basically hit the uh, hit the throughway to head home. And uh, oh, okay. All right. yeah. Well, why don't we find out what our guest is reading? Hmm. What? Yes. <laughs> you. Uh, you know, the, works, the time to read has been less and less recently. Mm. I have. Uh, I keep. I keep having occasion to go to the comic shop. Uh, the last time was for a. Uh, uh, a book release, and before that was another book release, uh, Jim Ruggs, uh, mm-hmm. Superman book release, and then before that was a month before that was Free Comic Book Day, in which I was uh, I was drawing, and I did like 50 drawings, and I it had been three weeks already, and I'm going to say, so three weeks before Free Comic Book Day is probably the last time that I read a, read one of the comics that I bought at the comic shop. But it's a good problem to have. Saying that, um, I was at Heroes Con the weekend before last, and I did pick up a comic book while there. Uh, in in uh, luckily, it was the uh, it was a friend of mine, uh, Robert Wilson the Fourth, who was parked next to me, and he had a new book out that he they he and the writer had kickstarted, and then they, they had the print edition there. Um. And I actually did find time to read this. It's called, it's by Ken Lowry as the writer, Robert Wilson the fourth is the artist, uh, Jordan Boyd on colors, and Thomas Maurer on letters, who also does letters for guns. And it's called Like a Virus. And it's actually, it's a really great book. It's, it's just, it's a one shot. Um, I don't know if it's 22 pages. It might be a little bit more. Um, and it's a very serious book. Now, I'd seen Robert's stuff before. He had done stuff. Uh, he's got a little bit of an all-red kind of style influence, um, uh, you know, very strong brushwork and and uh, uh, great characters. Um, I had seen his, his stuff uh, on, a, on a book called Knuckleheads, which is coming out through um, Monkey Brain. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, uh, and that's more of a you know sort of a, a comedy comedy superhero type of thing. So this is completely in the other direction, which I thought was really interesting to see um, Robert's work in something that's actually really serious um, because the ma- I mean the topic of it is suicide. So that's and the phrase like a virus comes out of that. Uh, of that discussion of of suicide and how uh, the idea is 
it's been a, like a week since I read it, but I think the idea is is that once suicide has touched your life, it becomes like a virus, mm. and it infects the other people around, um, and it it brings a little darkness and death, uh, and thoughts of death, and it spreads, and you know, um, oftentimes when there's one person commits suicide, to somebody nearby who has been affected by it will possibly uh, have this run in the same thing again within themselves and um, it deals with depression a bit it's a, it's the, the story itself is about um, this young woman she's sort of I don't know if she's a, a kind of investigator or something like that but she keeps going to this building and there's sort of a time lapse page which is really nice where she keeps this she's at the bottom of this building she looks at her watch and then she keeps hearing this smack, and it's just it's just the word smack has sort of blood dripping out of it and it causes shock in her. She looks around and can't tell what it is. Uh, it's another day. It's raining now. She looks at her watch. It's the exact same time, and she hears the smack again. Then by the third time, it's the weather's cold. Now she looks at her watch. The smack happens, and she's not even affected. Her eyes are closed. She knew it was going to happen, and it just happens. And what it is is that every Thursday there's a ghost who's uh, of a woman who committed suicide in the building, and every Thursday at the same time she committed suicide, her ghost commits suicide again, mm. and has to keep reliving it over and over. Um, so this this young woman is in tune with this. You know, only certain people can pick it up, pick, pick up that the, uh, the see what ghosts are doing. <laughs> So um, she goes to uh, talk to the woman, and they have a long discussion um, about her life and what led her to that, and uh, her, her, you know, thoughts and decisions on on suicide, and now how things are as as more of a uh, as as a spectral entity, and then. Um, Oh, I don't want to spoil too much of how it goes. It's 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 obviously a very personal book, and I think you know there's a whole um, short essay in the back that that uh, Ken writes about how how this was actually very close to his life, uh, you know, about incidents from his life, and that's where he picked up a lot of the the dialogue in it. it rings very real because you can tell as it's it's from somebody who has had some experience with this, you know, in in some way. Um, so it's a very it's a very serious book. It's a very beautiful book. The um, I mean, the cover is just flowers, which I thought was really a, an interesting choice. It's these flowers that she has in the in the apartment, and it's just a close up of these. Um, I don't even know what they what kind of flowers are chrysanthemums or something like that. I'm not even sure, but it's just a, this close up drawing that almost almost becomes abstracted, and it's almost all one color. Uh, on the cover, um, because Robert is also a poster designer. Um, he's done po- uh, like band posters and stuff for for tours. Um, he's done like three posters for the Mountain Goats and um, for for some other things like that. So he's done a lot of poster design stuff, and I think some of that came in when he designed this um, cover. It's really a beautiful book. I um, I liked it a lot. I thought it was really great and really affecting. Cool. Where can we um, where can we find it? Yeah, good question. Oh, I'm looking at it. I'm, I, I grabbed it right here. Um, I'm trying to see if maybe there's a website you can go to and find out. 
Come on, guys, give me a website. <laughs> I'm looking for it right now. They got a lot of character design stuff in the back. Um, uh, Ken Lowry. He's at Ken Lowry for Twitter. They're not. Well, they're it's not a lead. Me. You got a lead there. there yeah, you, go. you got a lead. He's he was the writer of a web series called The Variants. Which is okay. at thevariants.com, so you can probably get him through there. There you go. Um, and Robert Wilson is at uh, uh, Robert Wilson IV for the fourth. RobertWilsonIV.com. Um, that's all I'm seeing for connections on getting the book. Right. It was five dollars. It's it's printed on beautiful rough paper that has a great. I'm smelling it. It smells great. You know, it's got a great texture. <laughs> Good mouthfeel. It's got, uh, I'm not going to do that, but uh, um, you know, it's just a, a really nice little dish. I mean, it's stapled and everything, but it's a bit thicker because it's got a nice paper and a nice cover, and it's just a, a very um, elegant uh, book. And if you can find it, I mean, I know he did it. They were selling it at the con, and they had done it through um, Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you can get it. I, I would recommend it if that if what I said sounded interesting to you. It's you know the art is great and it's a very um, uh, strong strong uh, story. Sounds cool. like yeah. if you're in the mood for a little pick me up. It's the perfect. Uh, well, yeah, it's a bit of a it's a bit of a downer, but it um, it has a the mess. It is a hopeful message. So okay, know. cool. Yeah, no, it actually sounds really interesting. I'd never heard of it. Sounds right up my alley, actually. Yeah, look at you, actor. So, like a virus, self-published by these guys. They say, it, t- it says five dollars on the back, and it's. I think it's worth every penny and more. Nice. Cool. Nice. Respect. Respect it. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention uh, the bag that Tom sent. Uh, the comic book bag that the Satan a soldier was in. Mm-hmm. He, I guess, he recycled uh, the bag from a previous uh, comic, and there's a sticker on it. That uh, a retail sticker from a place called Edie's. Okay. And it's Ides. A, Ides. Oh, Ides. Yeah. Okay. Ides. Okay. Look at that. And it says Fantastic Four number thirty-two. And the price nice. the price is six dollars. I always when when I was first getting into the comics podcast listening. I always was jealous because people would go to Pittsburgh Comic Con and talk about stopping at Ides, and they had these incredible sales that were in conjunction with the show, and they had awesome back issues and wall books and stuff. And I never got a chance to to hit that up. So, well, it's Fantastic Four, big shop, yeah. th- thirty-two for six bucks. That's a hell of a deal. Yeah. Damn. Damn. Uh, son. So he's he... probably in the past. <laughs> Very. <laughs> So what else we got? We still got a lot of time here. I, I like I said, I got plenty more to talk about if uh, if people want. You want? Yeah, go for it. Why not? Go for it. I got a I got a ton of uh, note, notes on some manga I, re- I re- uh, have. I uh, <laughs> I have a new front runner for my likely choice for book of the year. Wow! Come on, already? Already, it's middle of the year, son. What do you got? I have in my hand. Um, the latest and greatest uh, original graphic novel by your friend and mine, Mr. Matt Kint. Oh, boy. This is uh, by First Second. It is called Red-Handed, The Fine Art of Strange Crimes. And it is an out-and-out comic book masterpiece. It's, It's... 
Now, those that, that have listened to the show for a long time know I'm a huge unabashed Matt Kinn fan, mm-hmm. um, particularly his, his creator-owned work. Uh, I just think he's, he's, he's a genius. I think he's great. He's a consummate storyteller, and uh, you know, he's a very stylized uh, art style. I happen to love it. Um, and you know, if you've read one Matt Kinn book, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, you're sighing, Dave. Do you not? No, that was me. Oh, it was you. <laughs> no, Boston Discord. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay. Um, but you know, most of um, of 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 Matt's work has um, his creator-owned work has, has hinged in the um, sort of like the spy espionage genre. You know, whether it be the Two Sisters or Pistol Whip or Super Spy, which is really I think the work that put him on the map for a lot of people. Um, this shares some of those same storytelling traits which we'll get into but it's it's uh decidedly in a different genre which is the the true you know the, the crime genre you know more of a you know very much of a of a crime sort of a little bit in the in the pulpy detective realm um it's set in a in a uh, fictional um a fictional town of uh of uh red wheelbarrow um and one of the interesting things is is you know from the sound of you think small town but Matt, as he's telling the story, plays with that a little bit. At times, you know, he treats it like it's a giant metropolis. At times, he treats it like it's a little, little local town. And he never really is definitive in that regard. I think he lets the town be whatever size it needs to suit the story he's telling, which is a little interesting thing. Um, but at the heart of it, it's it's this is a uh, as with all of his 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 works, I think what he's unbelievably good at doing is structuring the narrative to be both entertaining for the vignettes that he writes, but then all of the vignettes are tightly interwoven. And you may not even realize that as you're reading it until the end and you have these aha moments and you realize that it was all one tapestry that he was putting together. And as I, as I finish his books, I sit there and think like he must sit down and literally like with, whether it be, you know, uh, post-its or you know little uh, like little framing sequences that he draws he must sit there and map these things out in terms of how he's going to sequence them because there's no way he could just do this on the fly this is clearly not something that he started writing and then let the story kind of dictate where he was going to go this is clearly something that he he had a beginning and an end and then he figured out ways to tell that story uh, through time shifting and interlacing these other little vignettes so on the surface it's it's Maybe for the first half of the book, you're reading it and you're thinking these are just very clever, um, unrelated crime genre vignettes that Matt is telling where the, you know, the only thing they have in common is that they're set in this town. But as you go along, you start to realize that there's, there's definitely uh, a commonality, but commonality between all of them. And it ultimately comes down to the book is ultimately about, um, a battle of wills between, um, one of the recurring protagonists named Detective Gould. And Detective Gould is, um, you know, kind of a, he's the greatest detective that this town's ever had. And it, you're introduced to him in the first few pages as someone who, once he, he became, um, an officer in the town, the crime rate basically plummeted. Cause he has a, a basically perfect, he's a, a Sherlock Holmesian type of character. He can solve any crime, no matter how, um, seemingly hard it might be for other people to figure it out. He can just figure out what's, uh, you know, the, who, he's, he's the master who done it in this town. Um, and, and then it's, it's, the book introduces you to a antagonist, although they are 
shrouded in mystery. You only see them through pages that Matt does where it's basically black black word you know they're all black pages with just white word balloons and you're you're hearing their their conversations with detective gould and their inner monologue but you're not introduced to who they are until the, you know near the end when you get that aha moment and uh, it's just masterful i mean i i after i finished reading it i thought you know this is in line with like memento or usual suspects where you know it's it's just wildly entertaining and then at the end you realize it's a whole nother thing um and you know, Kent is just an expert at this kind of storytelling. Um, he's just so good at structure and pacing. Um, and and the book hints to the fine art of strange crimes. I mean, the the vignettes are just are just wild. I mean, there's a there's a woman who who steals chairs, and she like she steals she she quits her job as a waitress and she she rips up one of the the uh, one of the like the, the you know the vinyl covered um, you know chairs you might find in an old school diner. She rips it up and walks out with it. You know, the boss is like. I'm taking that chair out of your paycheck, you know, but then she goes home and you realize that she has this history that stems from her childhood of of taking a chair with her whenever she's kind of leaving something, whether it be a lover or a job or school. And then she just it's almost like an addiction and she can't help but continue to do it until she steals a chair that she really shouldn't have stolen, let's put it that way. Um there's you know, then there's a a person who He's an art thief, and he he steals priceless works of art, and then he cuts them up into little squares Ooh. and frames the squares, and he sells the squares of these original priceless art to other art collectors. Oh, who that's them. awesome! Yeah, it's awesome. And because he's he's transforming the works, he can't he goes for years without being caught until Detective Gould gets a hold of him. Um, and there's just lots of little quirky crimes that 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 you wonder like where did Kent come up with these? You know, but then lo and behold. Maybe some of these crimes are being driven by the someone else, the the person behind the scenes, the Moriarty, if you will, that's kind of pushing these people's buttons and 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 pushing them in directions they otherwise might not have gone, or getting them to the cross lines they might not have otherwise crossed, and and the person that's doing this has a very particular reason that they're motivated to 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 push these buttons, and it is in in many ways directed to Detective Gould, and you begin to wonder. What does this person have against Detective Gould, and 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 what's driving their motivation here? And and uh, it 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 all comes to a head in the end in a way that uh, literally shocked me. I, I I thought I knew where he was going with it, and then at the end, I'm like, oh, I'm like, damn, I'm like, I did not see that coming. So, just uh, you know, yet again, to my mind, you know, Kent is a master, and he's pulled it off again. I mean, this is anyone that's a fan of his. His, his prior works or is a fan of mind management that he's doing now at Dark Horse or is just a fan of crime crime comics. I mean, this is a must-own. It simply is that good. It's a must-own. You have to go out and own this. Um, and uh, uh, hopefully people are aware of this book. I, I don't feel like it's gotten a lot of press. Um, you know, I think it was out in bookstores before it was out in comic book stores. But uh, you got to own this. It's twenty six ninety nine cover price. So, you know, figure somewhere in the mid-teens for a price that you'd pay through, you know, Amazon or, or you know, in-stock trades or, you know, if you get a discount at your local store. But you have to own this if you're a fan of either Kint or Crime Comics. It's awesome. It does sound it. It's awesome, dude. It's awesome. And, you know, Vince, you're you're probably of the of, – of, of all of us on the call, you're the one I'd be a little most concerned about whether you like it because you've not necessarily been a fan of, of, of crime – comics in the past but no but i do like his style yeah his yeah. his artistic style is great and like i said i mean the, the thing about this is it's quirky 
And if you if you can appreciate the again like the the memento or the usual suspects the the idea oh, yeah. of there being this 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 enveloping story and conspiracy that ties all these other seemingly unrelated things together, uh, it's just great. It just I have to you know I already sent him a, an email saying dude you, you killed it again but it's uh it, it's it's just fantastic work it yeah. really is the cut up technique in particular it's so to me. cool dude yeah, yeah. it's really hmm. yeah so. Hook it up, people. Do right. yourself a favor. Sounds good. Yeah, it's real good. Really, really good. Nice. What else we got? I um, it's it's somewhat comic related. I'm a little surprised that um that I I I like this show as much as I do, uh, mostly because of the Easter eggs. But uh, they're doing repeats now because obviously it's the summer, and I don't know if it's been renewed for second season because I never follow these things but um arrow the tv show Ooh, wow no, no seriously it, it's it, I've it's heard on, good stuff it's on the cw it is it's there's no um there's no boxing glove arrows everybody he hits with an arrow is pretty much dead uh he it's it um there are a few things that are borrowed or, or they pay homage to uh ollie's bodyguard his last name is diggle uh, the, um, it, it, it looks like some of it follows year one with, with the time spent on the island. Uh, on the TV show, the person, one of the people who, um, who trained him, who taught him to stop being the, the, the spoiled rich brat and actually have to, uh, strap on because he's got to survive. Uh, his name is Slade Wilson. Hmm. Uh, and and he's got the Deathstroke mask and everything. Uh, and and there was um, there it was a uh, the there was one one uh, one person he had to go after. In the, I think in the pilot, uh, his last name was Grell. But there are <laughs> there are little things that they that that they've like I said that that they've taken from different areas of the comics he is he is young it's not the it's not not the seasoned uh sherwood florist ollie that uh that that anybody might know it's it's, uh, it's year one it yeah to a degree his um In a, lot, his, a lot of it's year one he he uh he lives at home with 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 his sister with um with with his mother uh it was dad's boat Dad's yacht that 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 uh, that had the accident and and that's how he ended up on the island. It was because uh, Dad basically killed himself on on the um, on the lifeboat um, once the uh, once the ship was wrecked. But the uh, basically the idea is there's there's a list, there's a book that that Ollie has, and everybody in the book who's on this list um, has failed Starling City, and that's um, that's who basically he goes after whether they're mobsters whether they're um they're bank robbers it doesn't matter most people have something to do with um are are tied into the city where whether they're um they're other businessmen and and they the the person he was after for a bit of it um was played by John Bowerman who is is his best friend's dad um and there was 
basically some part of it reminded me of um of one year later and and when there's one scene where they they kind of have to destroy or actually this was in the season finale but they um the idea is that the big bad wants to destroy the glades what want basically the um the project section of of starling city and uh because that's where uh tommy ollie's best friend that's where tommy's mother was was shot and killed and so basically the guy just wants to get revenge on everybody there and and destroy level that area of the of, of the city but i really you know I, I enjoyed Smallville, and I wasn't sure how I'd feel about this because I didn't know if it would be if it would be cheesy. It's a CW show. I mean, you know, they're all about Vampire Diaries and things like that. So I just wasn't sure how I'd be feeling it. But as I haven't seen every episode, I'm recording the reruns to try to catch up. But what I've seen as 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 the season progressed, and um, he. Um, Stephen Amell, who who plays Ollie, he's kind of loosened up in the role a little bit. He was, he kind of had quite a stick up his butt early on, but it, it um, he's kind of, I guess, mellowed out or just was more comfortable. But um, they're really, he's not as dark and brooding as Batman, and it's not as, um, it's it's not Monster of the Week like Smallville was. There really aren't too many punches pulled on the show. There are some pretty um, heavy. Uh, there's some subject matter that that you know I'm a little surprised that they kind of go into as far as like um, drug use and 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 people actually having to um, everybody's actions have consequences things like that. But I, I really was surprised by how much I'm enjoying it. And if if you know basically if it's on, I would say you don't really have to run and reach for the remote to change the channel. <laughs> now is this is this supposed to be? I, I mean, I didn't watch. Uh, Smallville, but but is is this the Arrow that was guested no. in? Sm- no, 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 it is is completely different. It's not the uh, it's not the Green Arrow from there. Um, there are there is a Dinah Lance. Um, maybe they'll do something with her as far as and and it was actually she she and Ollie were an item, and Ollie actually um, took her sister, so his girlfriend's sister, on the boat. And so basically, they were fooling around behind her back, and and she died out at sea, and um, and so for five years while Ollie was gone, and and once um, uh, Dinah or Laurel uh, realized um, that Ollie and, and her sister were together, um, she basically prayed that 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 he was dead, and um, so they the, the, there was some tension between the two of them when, when Ollie returned and, and um, things have changed as, as the season went on but it um, th- there are things that they could kind of play into as far as next season but it it's pretty much I know that um, I know that there is a uh, there's a digital only cop- comic of Arrow based on the TV show I don't think it has anything to do with um Aside from the island, and I guess that that maybe the the Green Arrow in the New Fifty Two is youngish, um, it has nothing to do with with the comic. So, kind of like Smallville, they really aren't they're not following anything that uh, that had that the comic has done. They're, they're they're taking like like Walking Dead, they're just going down their own path and doing. Although, well, I'll, Jason will probably think that this is good, but it it was it's um. I really am enjoying it. Hmm. 
Nice. Are there are there um since he's not powered like is this a show where you're not getting any any superpowers? They're all just basically like trained killer type of things or are there characters with actual superpowers? No, that as far as I can tell, uh there isn't. Everybody's either the people he goes up against know how to fight or or no martial arts. There are um he was on the island he was on, there was an army uh being trained basically. They um and and their goal was to uh kind of hold china hostage as as flights were going to um land into china they were going to kind of blow them out of the air and and um destroy china's economy but there was so there was an army there and there were people who were who um i guess that's where ali kind of got his training but as far as um you know brick or or a sonic a canary cried. Nothing like that has appeared yet. Okay. I'm may happy I will check this out on your recommendation. I would yeah, have otherwise not given it much it. thought. Interesting. Yay. What do you think, Vince? You going to try it? I'm glad when my friends find shows they like. Wow. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. No, nah, I didn't have any time for Smallville. I doubt I'll have time for this. Your kids are probably all over the CW. No, no, no. They hate it. Yeah, and so it's, if you if you hated Smallville and thought it was terrible, probably not for this you. Is, no, see, I don't. I mean, because I, it, 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 Smallville was was bright and colorful, and and the it was a little more Batman than it is. It is. There, there's some brooding going on. It's it's there are a lot of scenes at night. Uh, the streets tend to be wet, but it is not a... Like, as far as the said. level of the dialogue... As far as the level of the dialogue... And it's, the, not as, it's not as hokey as Smallville. It's, it's a little bit more mature. Yeah, I'm still skipping it. <laughs> uh, I'm here for you, baby. It, it happens. Well, it had to offset... I'm, I'm, I just... I need to kind of do things that 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 I do enjoy when when it because otherwise I end up reading things like Daredevil End of Days and I just get all wow. oh you're not so. gonna let that one go for a while are you no I'm not I'm not I'm still it it's uh, yeah maybe I should but I just it it really does bug me a bit which one is that is that the um that was the Bendis Mac uh beautiful art by by Klaus and and Sienkiewicz, but um. I just it was it's basically Daredevil the end. It's 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 Bendis saying goodbye to the character. Uh, using a character we haven't seen since Max story. So yeah, that was that was yeah. uh it just wasn't good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, me too. Me too, bro. Yeah. Hey everybody, you know what? Visit our sponsor. Discount <laughs> because <laughs> because you'll get your comics extremely cheap. Discount comic book service, DCBService.com, 35 to 75% off your favorite funny books and collectibles, wrapped up all nice and secure, and they send them right to your house. You don't even have to move. Remember that code, EOC8, gets you an extra 8% off. They don't really mind when you send them late order uh-huh. and additions, and you can get a digital copy of previews for a lousy dollar twelve cents. Yeah, you can. Don't go anywhere else. You're just going to waste time and money. DCBService.com. In your travels, I mentioned this last week, it is a absolutely fantastic anthology edited and published by Josh Burgraff. It's called Future Shock Number 4. 
mm. an insanely talented assemblage of creators, not the least of which is the cover artist uh, and interior artist, uh, Jordan Spear, who I was lucky enough to corral for a short interview on his process in creating the beautiful cover images and his uh, six-page story. And you're going to hear that right now. Look at you. Yeah, I took, took it upon myself. This guy's All really... All grown up. I, lo- I love this guy's work. I, I think he's he's really got something here. And uh, he allowed cool. me to pick his brain for a little while. So you listen to that now. And in the meantime... You can get this anthology from uh, J.T. Yost's Birdcage Bottom Books. It's a publisher and distro site. So he publishes his own stuff, and you can get this, the Future Shock, there too. He has all four issues. Uh, the URL is birdcagebottombooks. That's all one word, dot com. Go there, and you'll be amazed. they got preview images up. Just look at the cover art for Future Shock number four, and tell me it doesn't spin your damn head around. And, right, and I had I had to talk to this nice. guy, so that's my in your travels. Listen, listen now. We'll, we'll come right back. One of the primary functions of cover art is to attract attention, to to somehow compel the viewer to to further investigate uh, that which it encloses: a book, a periodical, uh, an album cover, anything. The 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 first gap that has to be bridged is, is to attract someone's attention and get them over to actually physically pick up whatever they're looking at or as is if you're on a website to actually click on something you need to attract the viewer right and uh the gentleman i have with me right now did that extremely well blew me away actually um he is the artist and designer uh, for a anthology called Future Shock. Now, this is available on the uh, Birdcage Bottoms book site, and I'll give you that URL in a little while. Uh, he did the front cover, the back cover, inside front, inside back, and he has a six-page story inside the anthology. His name is Jordan Spear. That's you. <laughs> good, good. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I, I got to say, uh, you you pretty much have done the impossible. It's kind of hard, uh, difficult to to spin my head around. I mean, uh, I I'm knee deep in art, 24 hours a day. Uh, let's be honest. There's a lot of a lot of Duke out there, and very rarely does something come along that just takes the wind out of you. And yours did that. The, the, the cover you did is just incredible. And um, I, I was talking to uh, JT via email, and I said, you got to hook me up with this guy because I have to pick his brain and find out how he did it. Uh, and so I'm hoping you'll be forthcoming with uh, a little bit of the technique. Yeah. Um, I uh, use 3D programs, um, uh, a few of them. One of them is uh, Wings 3D, then I use Cinema 4D. Wow. Yeah, and I, I don't really have any training in 3D art. That's always been something I've, I've... It's just been like a long process of, you know, learning through just experimenting and then, of course, like tutorials and all that, for the more technical stuff, but... Um, wow, yeah. that, that's uh, incredible. Uh, because I think the shadows are impeccable, and I've, I've used a bunch of 3D programs like Blender. Um, I'm, I'm going to date myself, like... 
uh, 3D Studio, uh, a ton of them. And one of the most difficult things I found is to get the shadows just right. Yeah, there's a lot of, um, I don't know, a lot, it, it is a lot of like moving lights around and, you know, rendering a scene and re-rendering it a hundred times until yeah. it's right. Um, but I, I tend to, I, I don't like using a lot of like, you know, like there's a temptation to use a lot of special effects and all this stuff that's built into the programs, but I just try to keep it simple with one or two lights. And right. Just try to place them correctly, I guess. Now, was there a lot of uh, preliminary work involved in in the cover, or are are you just uh, like, let's get my hands dirty, just jump in and start creating shapes and, and forms yeah. and just piecing them together? Yeah, usually I just kind of jump in. Uh, sometimes if it's like, if I'm dealing with really complicated shapes, I'll have to sketch out the basics so I don't kind of get lost in them. But yeah, with this one, I just kind of started building the scene, just... I guess I started with the conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. Just kind of built it piece by piece. Um, yeah, but that's very cool. Uh, and also, the, like the more I looked at it, you you get the sense of motion in the image, and it it actually runs counter to Western sensibilities because visually, when we when when we look at an image in the West, we we're, we're trained to read from left to right, right, and from what I can perceive in this image, the conveyor belt runs right to left. Yeah, that's um, it actually when I like the earlier version of it, uh, the guy kind of get it, it was supposed to be him getting his skin kind of sucked off, and that was on the right side. Well, initially that's what I thought was happening. Yeah. Well, as I I was just kind of moving stuff around, and I, I I think someone caught a glance at it, and they were like, "Oh, it looks like you know." They're moving backwards, and the skin's kind of going on top of them. So I just kind of looked like that. To me, it's just kind of ambiguous, I guess. <laughs> no, I think it, I think it works great. It's it's almost like a uh, an Asian sensibility where they they perceive things in the reverse that we do because they they're trained to read that way. Uh, it's it's just it's impeccable. And uh, another thing that well, there's a lot of things I love about it. I love how you incorporated the logo of the publication into the design. That, yeah, that was, uh, actually, Josh Burgraff, when I first started working on it, he, I'd asked him if he wanted to put the text in, you know, if he wanted me to, like, make a... Because I, I know the other three all have, you know, the kind of uniform logo. So I just kind of took that and just kind of built the scene around it into the machinery. And then the pipes are the are the four, which is so simple. And yet it's like, it's it was so easy, but it works extremely well. Um, and and the thing that I noticed not only on the covers but your your six page story inside is you have a unified color th- uh, like a, a palette that you trail through all of these things, and it's not just uh, complementary colors like you went with orange and blue which is always a winner, but you tweak them a little bit. It's not just orange. It's like it's like a burnt orange, uh, and and the. The, the blues are not completely blue. There's a little bit of green in there, which works really well with the yellows. Uh, because you have like a, a magenta a little bit in there too. That And every, all the colors just pop and it works really well. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty cool how um, even with like a simple color palette, how yeah, you'll, you'll find lots of uh, little subtle colors popping up with, you know, refract, refraction and like... Uh, 
occlusion within the scene and stuff. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll like set up like planes that are off, kind of off the camera that you can't see that will reflect, you know, that so the blues won't look so plastic, I guess. But right. sometimes that is the effect I'm going for. And you even uh, pulled the color uh, scheme into the, the two little dudes on the scaffolding too. The, the blue jumpsuits with the orange belt. I mean, it's just perfect. It sings. The, 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 there's a cohesion to the, well, to everything in, in this anthology. It just, it, it's really, it works really well. And you know, when you see it, that it's from you. I mean, there's a, there's a, a personality, like a thumbprint to the work without even having to actually go too much into the detail of the piece like you see the from from looking at the cover and the inside front cover and the contents page y- you can tell once we, you get to the story like hey wait a minute this is from the same guy who did the cover because the the the, the palette is still there yeah i try to i don't know i think like my quote unquote style is just from being i just uh limit myself a lot with you know obviously with the colors but i just try to kind of set a basic constraint for like the perspective. I always work in a fixed perspective. Mm-hmm. It just kind of helps me, you know, work on a kind of a uh, track without, you know, wanting to experiment too much and get lost or whatever. Right. Uh, another very impressive thing is you didn't uh, succumb to the cookie cutter uh, very easily uh, method where, you know, the guys on the, on the conveyor belt, they're not duplicates of each other. If they are, you manipulated them in like subtle ways where they're just, it's not the same guy over and over. Yeah. And that's, that's a huge, um, I mean, it's an awesome thing about working digitally, but also, you know, their temptation is always there to kind of take a shortcut, but yeah, just being able to, I, I really like, like duplicating something and, you know, messing it up a little bit or remaking it kind of deforming it mm-hmm. like it's just really fun for me yeah it's 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 outstanding i'm i'm it is a shock i just it's great stuff um and i'm noticing a, a hint of of noise a little bit of grain was this uh image post-processed in like say photoshop yeah. well um i really don't do much to them in photoshop um when, when the image is finished, I, I render at a really low DPI, and then I have a this really crappy home printer that I love, um, and I just print it out, you know, like seventy-two DPI. And then I scan it back in at three hundred DPI. So oh, that's so like, smart! Yeah, green. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it just kind of places it and sets it. It doesn't look so. Um, I don't know. Just you know, right out of the oven, I guess. Is the term. Yeah, because you know you run the risk of having the image too shiny, too right, too too right. pristine, and the, wow, that is really sharp. I would have never have thought to do that. That's yeah, what that, that, that just came from when I was first when I first started messing with three D. I was, uh, I would print them every once in a while to like see you know like well I want to get a, maybe I should like try to sell prints or something, and like I would print them and then scan them back in and i just love the uh what it did to them i guess yeah it it again with the cohesion it unifies everything everything has the same texture on it and it just it just pulls it all together it's it's wonderful um so so where did this all start like um what how did you get it into art um well i've been drawing and been into like comic books since i was a kid uh 
you know, just always been drawing something. Um, and I, I got to college. I went to Western Kentucky University for about four years, and I was in the art program up there. And at that, this time I was, like, I've always done, as long as there's been a family computer, uh, which I guess we got our computer when I was, like, 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And I would mess around with, like, freeware programs and stuff. And so I was always doing it, you know, on the side, even through uh, school. And I was up there for painting. And uh, I don't know, I just kind of got frustrated with painting and it was very unmotivated. And I just kind of slowly found myself getting back into 3D. Um, yeah, I've just been working at it. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, what kind of comics were you into as a, as a kid? And then uh, the same question for like now. Well, uh, when I was, I guess when I was like seven or eight, uh, a neighbor was having a yard sale and he sold me like three boxes of, uh, like late seventies, early, early eighties Marvel comics for like $2 or something. So pretty much for like five years, it was everything that was in those boxes. Nice. A lot of like Marvel age and stuff. So I, it's really weird. I, I read a lot of like Marvel age and I had all the Marvel universes in those box. So was, I read like less of the comic books and more like the little like you know addendums and uh, encyclopedia kind of stuff right but um yeah and uh i don't know actually there was a long period where i didn't read any comics and i i really don't like marvel dc superhero comics don't really interest me that much anymore but i do uh i don't know i pick up heavy metal whenever i can find heavy metal i'll buy a copy yeah eastman does good things with that yeah yeah, and those are i don't know there's just so much great stuff and all those like um it's like paper treasure chest yeah and there's a different approach to to creating comics uh from the european standpoint i mean they they, they seem to uh well i'm gonna get in trouble here with the listeners but i don't really care they they, they seem to take a um a loftier approach. Uh, it's it's more than just a job to a lot of those guys. It's you know, and and you could tell in, in the work. I mean, there's a there's an eloquence to it that yeah. uh, it, it's not just work for hire. I mean, some of those guys, you know, that's their life's work. You know, much, there's much more like personal, like emotional investment. It would seem like personal right. investment. I don't know. Yeah, that, that definitely shines through in the work. Yeah, not to discount American comics because they are they are a hell of a lot of fun. But um, the, there's a lot of true classics that come out of Europe and Japan and, uh, you know, where, where comics are accepted more, a lot more than they are here. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so um, that's, that's amazing. And your story inside the support group, where can I buy a box of tubes? Because they look really delicious. I don't know. <laughs> there's probably some real world equivalent. I, I was assuming that they were cheese cubes. Yeah, oh, that's right. Cool. And Actually, I I don't I forget why, but later I googled that term to see if it was anything. <laughs> Apparently, it's some kind of derogatory term. I it's like for I, I don't even remember what it was. Well, it it works though because this poor bastard. I mean, he's <laughs> he's put through the ringer, uh, and I got a Qbert vibe to it from it too. At one point with the spring. Yeah, yeah. The, um, that's kind of like that that the isometric grid. Uh, I don't know, that's actually, um, this was my first kind of 
for a there's like a kind of universe I'm building that I kind of want to um keep growing with this character and exploring. So this was kind of like a um introduction I guess for me to kind of like start messing around with the the world. It's re- all really simple like uh you know kind of walk around in this weird like ethereal kind of puberty game space. Yeah. Um uh in addition to the main character I love the janitor. You got to do something with him. Yeah. I, it, I was, yeah. <laughs> I, right now like the um the main character I don't even have a name for him is a uh, He's really the only one I've like thought about, but yeah, I think that that would be a good um, like I don't know, a duo of some sort later on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as a you know, aside, here's a look into the janitor's life. You know, <laughs> it'd be really cool. Uh, as far as anthologies though, uh, Future Shocks, uh, Shock, it's a, just an incredible collection of 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 artists and writers. Uh, you know, we always talk about how you run the risk of uh, getting the good with the bad as far as anthologies, th- there's not a, a downturn in this, this entire issue. Oh, yeah, I think it, it came out great. Jo- yeah, Josh, like the first three are excellent as well, but I think this one he really kind of put the feelers out and brought in, like, I don't know, he, like he found me, so yeah. just as far as, like, you know, uh, variety. And I was really stoked to see um, Michael Ray Grant and... uh Winslow Yost, they're a. Uh, it's the I think it's the first comic in there. Mm-hmm. X thirty three dies in a bog. Yeah, it's great stuff. And I've been following uh, Bill Cardini for a long time too. I love his work. Yeah, he he's got a really cool eight bit sen- sensibility that just it, I find it extremely pleasing to my eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His concepts are always very, they're you know simple and awesome. And I also really like revolting parts. Um, from uh, is it is it Westvind? It's got a yeah with the um yeah yeah it's got a, a real strong Gary Panner vibe to it. And uh, Gary's one of my favorite artists. And th- this almost has like a uh, uh, like a Victor Moscoso kind of by way of Gary Panther look to it. And it's just and and what goes on in the strip is just freaking brutal too. It's it's amazing. Yeah, it's it's a really strong anthology, uh, priced reasonably too. What's it like seven bucks for a copy? Yeah. Uh, printed on really really heavy paper, full color throughout. It, it's just an amazing value. I've, I've been pushing this thing for weeks. People are going to think I'm getting a kickback on it, but you know, it's just it's too good to pass up. Yeah, I mean, for as far as a, a any comics anthology for. I mean, it's like 40 pages of just awesomeness, in my opinion. Yeah, 40 pages of strength. Uh, it's just great stuff. We have an annual uh, kind of like uh, comic book equivalent of the Oscars. We call it the 11 o'clock Oscars. And, you know, we'll we'll pick our favorite things from the year. And we, we do a, a special episode. And it's going to be tough to top this for, for favorite anthology for me. I, I, I don't see anything uh, eclipsing this re- anytime soon. I think he's uh, already kind of starting work on the fifth one, so that might be out sooner than later. Ah, nice. I'll try to get in that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, just just shoot him an email. Josh yeah. is a really cool guy. I didn't really know him until he asked me to do this. We, you know, talking on the internet a lot. But you gotta love the internet. 
<laughs> Speaking of the internet, is there any place uh, you'd like to send the listeners to see more of your work? Uh, yeah, but um, I have two blogs. One of them, I mean, they're both Tumblr blogs. Uh, one of them is jordanspearart.tumblr.com. That's uh, that's where I put most of my finished work and pretty much everything I've done the past two and a half, three years is up there. And then I have like a personal blog where I'll post like, um, it's mostly, you know, other people's art, but I'll also uh, put like work in progress kind of stuff, just messing around, having fun. And that's uh, beefstrong.tumblr.com. Nice. Seriously, people, check it out. This guy's not messing around. He's He's got it, and, and you should definitely check it out. Uh, well, thank you for being here with us. It was awesome to talk to you. I hope you come back soon. Thanks. Appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Have a good one. And we're right back. We are. Oh, that was good. Awesome. I was holding my breath that whole time. Yeah, it's 20 minutes. You must be dead. <sighs> must be. You, either that or he's not human, something I've, I've suspected for a long time. Uh, I've been practicing. I guess I'll bring right. my manga next week. My dad. Whatever. Save that shit, dude. Yeah, it's, it's so good. Oh my but when god. Jason's not here next week, so yeah. Oh, no, I'll be here. No, I know. I'm saying for when he's not. The week he's not. You're not gonna be. Here. I love the manga. You're talking. You know, I, I may oh, have a disgusting god. lineup of manga coming up because I just got a bunch of books I want to talk about. Really? Yeah. You gotta save it for Christmas curling season. Schedule some uh, time off here. I just got one yeah. in the mail today. Mobile Suit Gundam: The Origin. Oh my mm. god, it's so good. Go ahead. I'm sorry for bogarting. Go ahead. Next. What? what are we going on with? It's your There's, turn. Yeah, travels, dude. Oh, dude. Travels? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. That 20-minute interview. I know. Got oh. your flummoxed. Uh-huh. Uh, gosh, I got a couple different things. Um, first of all, it, it it is amazing to me. I got the um, uh, the Hellboy Volume 6, the Archive Edition. And looking at it on my shelf, those archives are amazing. They're so beautiful. I mean, that is the way to do an archival edition uh, of that stuff. But, man, there's a lot of Hellboy comics out there. There really (laughs) are, dude. It it is. You don't realize it until you see it all lined up. And then, in addition, with all of the BPRD uh, volumes, that that universe is chock full of all sorts of awesomeness. So um, it, 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 you don't need me to suggest reading Hellboy, but if you have not read the Hellboy, um, definitely go out. And, the, and those archive editions are um, so beautiful and so reasonably priced. They're about 40 bucks. So um, good stuff. But um, You know what, that, Chris? Huh? You know what? For you, for you mm-hmm. I will. I will start reading some Hellboy because I did end up buying all 70 or whatever issues they've had in Dark Horse had a sale. So oh. I picked I picked up the bundle. So I, I will read some Hellboy for you. You're yeah, you're about 30 behind. That's all right. And I can That's help right. you out. I can help you out there. Of course you can. And um, yeah, I'm yes. real, I'm way behind on my Hellboy too. I've been getting the uh the big editions and I think I'm up to the fourth one. Oh, they're I, gorgeous, aren't they? I got to oh, catch up. Wonderful. Oh, I, I only have two. They're wow. so nice. the I own them all and haven't read any of them. Damn! Get, looks like uh, we got uh, some uh, tag teaming to do. I get one every Christmas. <laughs> there you go. Thanks. Uh, the, the first, the first one is good. There's, there's an assist by John Byrne. 
there, yes. and then after that, uh, Mignola is, is completely completely on his own and rolling. Uh, be really interesting. I hope you guys dig into it. Uh, it's it's kind of a, an ongoing uh, debate. Is you know, do you like Hellboy or BPRD more? And well, I've read most of BPRD. Interestingly enough, but uh, that is odd. That's uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's interesting that you would have read that but not Hellboy. Um, I didn't know but, you were allowed to do that. I like Abe Sapien way better than Hellboy. He's, Abe's my favorite character. You know, I talked I talked to well, Abe's awesome. Um I talked to I talked to someone at a, at a party uh, a few a few weeks ago and they've watched every episode of Angel but never watched Buffy the Vampire. Buffy, that, that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I mean it, that's kind of like reading BPRD but not having that is help. Crazy. Um, I so, like it uh, when friends of my friends find stories they like. Wait, what? Yeah. Buffy. You don't like BPRD? No, I don't like Buffy at all. Oh, oh yeah. Well, I'm uh, with you there again. I'm agreeing with Vince a lot. Yeah. Wow. Uh, um, but, but the comic, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to Bogart here. The comic that I am loving, and it's no, it's no secret, um, everyone has been talking about it on the interwebs, but I'm a little, a little behind the curve as usual. Um, just jumping into and enjoying the hell out of uh, Matt Fraction and uh, David Aja's Hawkeye. Aw, so, make me cry. It's uh, he's coming it's, around, David. I know. Uh, you know, it's it. They they use the medium, and I yeah. love yeah. it. I love it when um, when comics aren't a storyboard or a movie pitch, but right. whenever <laughs> they're they're using they're using the medium as it should be used and challenging it and and doing things on the page that you don't see in other places. And uh, man, Aja, he is so kinetic. His yeah. Yeah. his pages just have this wonderful energy to them and and this this flow of energy um awesome i'm getting into the who's the, mm-hmm, but who's, who's the colors on that hollingsworth uh yeah i think so uh, it could be i'm getting into the polito um okay uh, yeah you're up to what now. four and five or five and six yeah, it's, it's matt hollingsworth okay yeah, yeah. well yeah. that's that's oh, yeah. lodged right in that zone that uh miller and mazzucchelli's daredevil come from Yes. yes, it's, yep, it's if if you like that, you'll uh, you'll love Hawkeye. A lot of Master Kelly uh, in this, and it's um, except I really want I really want Fraction to stop using the word bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, it's not him, man. It's, 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 I, it's, it's, it even I, happens on the Twitter. You mention Hawkeye, and somebody else yeah. say, "Hey, bro." Hey, bro. Yeah. Or you mention Hawkeye, not even Hawkeye. You know, I like the Hawkeye thing. Yes, it's, it's very it's it's um, reminiscent of. Uh, uh, when Bendis's Daredevil was, it, it, once again, was was challenging things and doing things differently than than they were being done in in other comics at the time. And uh, you know, the first the first you know couple years of Bendis's Daredevil were fantastic. It was it was good to see you know Lawyer Matt and not always um, Daredevil. Yeah. So uh, I, I like the I like the the hot guy and how he's he's kind of a Kind of a jerk, um, you know. It, it, it sets it up. It, well, it sets it up in the in the first issue. You forget he's a carny. Yep. You know he's he's a raised in a circus, raised by carnies. He's he's not. He he shouldn't be Iron Fist. He shouldn't be. Um, 
you know, a, a, a businessman or, or incredibly well-mannered. He, he was a carny and a thief. And, you know, it's okay to embrace that. He's a good guy, but, you know, he's, yeah, he's, he's from a dubious background. And I think embracing that is, is pretty cool. I haven't liked the character this much since West Coast Avengers. Yep. That's mm. what I said. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, re- it really does kind of remind you that if, if you have a character, a favorite character that's either uh, dead or in a bad place, it all comes around. You know, it's I mentioned Iron Fist. It's that character was was nowhere to be nowhere to be found for a really long time, and it was this creative team uh, along with Brubaker that that brought him back and and probably you know made some of the best Iron Fist stories of all time. And uh, you know, Hawkeye was off the map for a while. And if you're a Hawkeye fan, you know Josh Flanagan. I'm looking at you. You, know, you have to be really happy right now. So yes, there. especially I think we hit a a creative low on Hawkeye like with the with the stuff that came before this like the the stuff I think done by like Jim McCann it was not, yeah. not that, like it, oh the, the Hawkeye it, Mockingbird yeah. and, and the Ultimates Hawkeye Ugh. yeah yeah, Ooh, yeah. Rough. Well, well but that's the I mean that's a that's a Miller thing if don't read Miller comics if you don't want that. You know, and interestingly enough, Jeremy Renner as Hawkeye will not be returning for Avengers yeah. two. Yeah, for really? real. Yeah, yeah. He, is he doing huh. Hansel and Gretel too? I think so. Dude, I watched Hansel and Gretel this week. How was uh-huh. it? It was horrendous. <laughs> oh, I'm shocker, dude. oh, it looks so good. No, I know, I know. <laughs> Wasn't that at Sundance? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I got sucked into renting the uh, funny. Unrate, the unrated version, and uh, oh lord, it was horrible. Oh, unrated, yeah, Jeremy Renner. <laughs> they got Old frontal. <laughs> Isn't uh, Phoenix in that? No, no, no. It's just other chick. Oh, oh no, he's right, Famke Jensen. Oh, yeah, she? yeah, she's in it. Yeah, oh. she's the villain. Oh. Not yeah. not as hot as she once was, but then who who is right? Yeah. She's, isn't she pushing fifty? Yeah, yeah. She's yeah. still attractive she's for fifty. Wow. Yes. yes, that's actually one of the things I always had an issue with the X Men movies is that it wasn't even so much that like they cast older people; it's like they cast like totally different aged people. Like, yeah. like they had Famke who was in her late thirties playing Phoenix. You had like Marsden who was in his early thirties, and you had people that actually were kids like uh, like Anna Paquin. It was just Paquin. it made no sense. But that's rough. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd enter that danger room. Uh, uh, <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> yeah, you would. Yeah. Well, I um, Andrew Shaw asked me to um, be on his Comics Nights podcast and threw some threw a few things out that the uh, hell I'd be interested in in, in reading. So um, I'll be talking about this a little bit next week and and then on on his podcast as well but go ahead and i know a few people have and this was the other thing i was jealous of my friends who were reading this rereading this or reading it for the first time but um i'm going to recommend uh the first volume of the grendel omnibus what's that that <laughs> you is, like grendel is over five <laughs> no it's over 500 pages uh of hunter rose stories starting with Devil by the Deed, and then two um, anthologies, uh, black, white, and red, and, and, and red, black, and white, yeah, and, then, and then ending with, um, with 
Behold the Devil, the the eight issue series that came out a couple of years ago. So that's it's all the Hunter Rose stuff. Um, but I know that it's not that, all the Hunter Rose stuff. Well, no, it doesn't have the the old uh, Primer stuff. Those three issues. That, what about uh, the Batman stuff? It does not have the two. Aww. Well, no, 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 no. Actually, no. There was just one Hunter Rose and Batman story, and then the second one was uh, Prime. Yeah. But the uh, so yeah so so excluding that Vince. But well, does Volume Two have that? Is there will there no, be? No, Volume Two picks up from uh, Christine Spar. Volume Two collects the Comico stuff, beginning of the Comico stuff. Ah, interesting. So, yeah, so just cool. Just Volume One is just Hunter, and then they, the the next couple of volumes are the rest of the sixty issues. Um, but. Yeah, like I said, I mean, you can, it, the, the omnibus is out. It's like, I don't know, 22 bucks or something retailer. It's, it's also on Dark Horse Digital for, for like 15 bucks or so. But, um, I have, I've been having fun revisiting and, and rereading and, and, um, it's interesting to find out, to, to, to remind myself or, or realize that, uh, how unusual this book is for, Compared to other things that I enjoy, and and why I like this, and 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 things like that, so I'll I'll get into it later. But I definitely, for the few of you who who, who haven't purchased the omnibus, or or if you're like um, our pal uh, Steve Real Chambers who lost his copy, um, go out and and get it. Nice. Got to keep those things on a leash. I, I think that, that there's some, there might be something to that Grendel character. <laughs> might, uh, might be. Might be. I'm anxious to, to hearing what David thinks of the character. Yeah. Yeah, be curious what you think now that you've been finally, finally dipped into it, David. Right? Everyone um, knows the best Grendel has breasts. Uh, <laughs> I got annoyed. You, you know were just waiting this. for that, weren't you? Uh, so, in your travels. Uh, pick up a comic by Boom Studios. Um, I ordered this just basically on the solicit, the strength of the solicit, and I'm thrilled that I did. I'm um, talking about Six Gun Gorilla. Oh, yeah. First issue just came out. Uh, it is uh, one of the things that sold me on it was an awesome cover uh, by Mr. Ramon Perez. Okay. Um, and the cover is a silverback gorilla holding two six guns and he's got like a you know like a, a cowboy get up it, it's just love that. it's an awesome image but yeah. this is written by simon spurrier and uh illustrated by mr jeff stokely and um the first issue delivered and then some it's it's first of all i did not know jeff stokely before this so i was you know you always have to be a little worried when you see like a cover by an established artist like ramon perez and then you know you don't the interiors aren't by him and you wonder if it's like a bait and switch um but i will say that uh stokely i love his art i love 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 it it's it is a very different style than ramon's but it's um it's very um it it, it evoked to me um like uh, european cartoons that's what it looks like the style um uh just just very expressive facial features um you know again just just almost like you you it, it's just it's just shy of, of of almost looking like like animation cells and and I think the the coloring and the finishes are are a little bit more matted such that it looks like it's you know it gets back into that into the comic book territory but he's a, he's 
he must have done other other sequential work before because no no newbie would have this this kind of storytelling chops. But again, I had never seen his work before, so I'm really was really impressed. And basically, the first issue sets you up into this world. Um, it's got a little bit of a Starship Troopers vibe in that you're introduced to a bunch of foot soldiers that are being sent to the front lines of a war. And um, as they're waiting sort of in their uh, – instead of waiting in sort of U-boats to come ashore, they're waiting in, in, in on the sides of gigantic uh, like Galapagos turtles that oh, are marching cool. to battle. And uh, and then you know they know that, that, that since these guys are the front lines, they, they, they know as they're – Waiting to go to the front lines that, that most of them are going to be, you know, fodder and be slaughtered to protect the, uh, the more seasoned, um, like Marines that are going to come in behind them and actually start fighting. So these are, these guys are basically just, just cannon fodder, quite literally. And you're introduced to them and, um, and, and then you're kind of, they're thrust into this battle and you don't know who they're fighting. Uh, and then lo and behold, there's the six gun gorilla who is, it gets involved in, in, in the, in the, the, uh, the, the later consequences or aftermath of this battle, and uh, and you're kind of introduced to him in the last few pages, but but just just a, a really exciting, creative science fiction war story with again this 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 uh, this cowboy gorilla thrown into the mix. So you know clearly there's right a lot of my alley. yeah, it's really really neat. And again, I mean it's the first issue of six, so um, you know I don't really have I don't profess to know where this is going, but they gave me a lot and roped me in in the first issue uh and, and again a lot of that is 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 stokely's artwork i mean this is a dude that uh i'm gonna be peeping to see if he's you know if he's into the world of commissions or, or stuff because he's it's it's impressive stuff so give it a try cool. yeah. Nice. yeah bought the first issue and i will buy no more you didn't like it no i loved it i want the collected edition oh okay i was gonna yeah. say jeez yeah, yeah I'm, not, I'm not gonna Psych. double dip i want the whole damn thing Cool. Right yeah. though, Stokely. Did you know Stokely before? No, not so much. Good though, right? Very good. Extremely yeah, talented. Man. Yeah. 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 Really fun. Hmm. Yeah. Boom's kicking ass. They're doing good things. Did you uh, read uh, Clive Barker's uh, Next Testament, the first issue? Not my scene, bro. Should say Testament. Nah. You know, I mean, I was <laughs> I was a little leery because Barker has not been paired with the greatest artists uh, whenever he decides to do comics, but this was super solid. Really great stuff. Okay. Yeah. All right, Dave. Real quick, um, give us the. Uh, um, oh, the can I do it in your travels? Oh, oh I hell yeah! Of course. I was going to say travels go um, go back your Kickstarter, but if oh yeah, to, yeah. Oh yeah, of course. In your travels go back my Kickstarter. But <laughs> I want to. I want to talk about just real quick. I'll just make these real quick. One is another Kickstarter. Can I do that? Sure. Do anything it's, you want. It's it's called uh, World War Kaiju. Vince, do you like kaiju? I think. <laughs> wait, wait. Is that Japanese or something? It's Japanese. Yes. It's like manja. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's it's called World War Kaiju. It's on. It's uh, they're trying to get funding to make a graphic novel. Some of you may know the names of Josh Finney and Kat Roca. Mm-hmm. Uh, they Titanium did Titanium Rain, Rain and Utopiates. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh is the writer this time, and they have an artist, Patrick McAvoy, and uh, they're doing a, a Kickstarter uh, uh, for this. For this, uh, all uh, it's basically uh, what if in, instead of at the end of World War II, instead of nuclear weapons, what if it were giant monsters? No. <laughs> so each so it goes into the Cold War, and each nation. Pacific Rim. Yeah, each nation is developing their own. 
monsters I to defend, defend their own homeland and fight each other and propaganda and all this stuff That's between cool. everybody's different monsters. There's like a Cuba one and a Chinese one, and America's got a couple of theirs that they, you know. Uh, so I thought that looked pretty cool. Um, and you should check that out. It's just called World War Kaiju, and you can you can look it up on uh, uh, Kickstarter. The other thing I just want to say, I don't know if you guys have talked about it. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but Gabriel Hardman's Kinski. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Is amazing, and you should – I think it's purely digital through um, – uh, Monkey Brain on Comixology, and mm-hmm. the second issue I think came out a week ago or something. I think, mm-hmm. uh, and that people should be reading because it's amazing. It's amazing. He's got uh, um, uh, Gabriel has a Spotify soundtrack that uh, is great to listen to. Um, it's it's uh, uh, tied to the to the the whole feel and vibe of the story which is i haven't opened up spotify in like two weeks i gotta check that out there you go he's uh, got he has a he has a, a kinski soundtrack oh that's awesome yeah, yeah that'll be awesome because he's yeah. yeah that that'll be sweet because he's into all that cool stuff and as far as my junk goes i had an issue come out of breath of bones last week i got the teenage mutant ninja turtles villains old hob came out today and i have my kickstarter so there you go awesome sorry for the plugs and the, and the oh, Kickstarter nice. is called Guns of Shadow Valley. Go. Yes, it is. Yes, back that shit. Please, because we yeah, need to keep this train up. rolling, because we've got some awesome ideas why don't for you, what we want to do next. The four why don't you bigger, uh, bigger and better. throw out what, the, what some of the stretch goals are, Dave, that people can maybe, in case they, since people, for people that haven't backed, what might entice them to take yeah. it over? Well, what's well, left? Yeah, well, we've got stretch goals. So the stretch goals, our first set, is, we've got three different stretch goals that we started for our first set. And we just figured free stuff, right? We get up there, and if you've ordered the book, you get something else. You just it just gets in the package. So we start off, you know, with small stuff. Like uh, I designed a set of stickers, and you get one out of six. They're four by six. They're postcard side, but they're a sticker, and it's a wanted poster. Each one for uh, of one of six different characters in it, um, and it's got blood splatter and bullet holes in it. Um, the second thing is a bookmark that I've actually been designing tonight and a little bit while we were recording. Ooh. Uh, so that would be cool with the little tassel and all that. Uh, and that's the first one's for 28000 The second bookmark at $30,000. Uh, then at $35,000, we are doing an art print of the new cover uh, painting that I did. It's a, it was a full watercolor painting I did for the cover of two of the characters with a sunset clouds in the background all that kind of stuff so we're doing a book size art print it's the same size of the book so it's going to be 8 by 12 it's beautiful uh, after that we've got mystery uh, the ones that are still a mystery we're keeping them close to our chest for 40, 45 and 50 let's just say if you get the book you're going to really like those because there might be some improvements uh, oh, I yeah. reveal too much of what it is but those are the ones I really want to hit because I really want to make everything awesome me so, too people yeah we re- we re- yeah if if we can keep this this thing going and, and get those I would be so thrilled I mean I'm thrilled now it's amazing what has happened so far but now I've got new things ahead of me that I want to reach and so cool. and you still you have 23 days to go right 22 23 days <sighs> No, we have 26 days to go. Nice. Starting my commission. 
<laughs> when am I starting it? <laughs> oh, I'm all done, but you're not getting it until you get the book too. So all right, fair enough. If we, uh, now maybe if we get even more higher on the things, that might change that nice. aspect of it. But that's we'd have to get pretty high for that because shipping costs an arm and a leg. So nice. But uh, that's yeah. Thank you for letting me. Yay! Blackhawks win. Sorry. Oh, oh shit! <laughs> Mine's always on the comics. Oh, that was huge. <laughs> He's always focused, singularly focused on what's happening. Hey, like a laser beam. <laughs> hey, everybody. Thank you for being here. we got to thank Mr. Dave Wachter for spending some time with us. i got to thank Jordan Spear for lending me a couple minutes of his time. And as usual, we'll be back next week. Same stinking time, same stinking channel. <laughs> and we hope you'll join us. Because we love you so much. You know just, this. They're okay. Yeah, <laughs> they're awesome. Say bye, David. Make sure you call Bye, us. David. Bye. Mommy, we love you. Randy Orton rules. Uh, no, you oh. hang up. Yeah. You hang up. That's how it, it always descends into that. Yeah. Cray, cray. And I jump with. Fire, moving a clock.